Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast like it. Podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a decapitating fireplace here <laughs> in 2019. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today, back, back. finally, <laughs> by popular demand from me, Jared Weisselman Hello. from Netflix. Hi, hi, hi. Um, which is not where I watched this movie. Yeah. No, I, but I feel proud that we didn't have it. <laughs> Well played. Uh, Fair point. I think I had to rent this. <laughs> oh, I, I, I didn't. I, I recorded this many, many moons ago off of Stars. stars. What's funny is you and I were texting because you asked me to come on yeah. to talk about this yeah. literally right after ago. the last yeah, time. Yeah. And I recorded it. Yeah. Since then, I've moved, given that cable box back. And so I had to buy it on Amazon. Oh. No, it's fine. I'll be charging you that. <laughs> you, have a, you have a reimbursement yeah. policy. Like it's course, it's course, on sale right yeah. now for like $4.99. It literally cost me $3. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, still feel, okay. I still feel like I have I to pay bad. you back yeah. for that yeah. and more. And more. Yeah, that's fine. So there was this like thing where when you were on and I think when Keely was on, Keely Flaherty. Yes. Who will be back? You guys wanted to do this movie? Yeah. Well, it, I wanted. We wanted to have question. them together. Yes, I think that's what it was. It was like because Keely is one of my best friends in the world, and I love her, and her opinions are garbage. And so I really thought it would be nice <laughs> to get together. Very forky. Very forky. Yes. Very forky opinions. <laughs> Um, and then I think Phil, I think it was you yes. who was like, well, you guys should just come on come together, together and talk yeah. about, and I think you chose this movie or we both had maybe mentioned well, you, it. I, I feel like, I feel like it came up on your episode of Drop Dead Gorgeous. Maybe I'm making that up. No, our, our fans will tell me if Jared's I'm wrong, back. but he did Drop Dead Gorgeous. Right. One of our best episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was, sure. it was a love affair between me, 
Jared and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Correct. Yes, it was a menage a trois. It was a beautiful love affair. We, we just double teamed this yes. movie. Oh, just like we with went, nothing but yeah. love and affection. And just like in a tender love. It was very romantic. Oh, God, I love yeah. that movie so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and we just... I think that ultimately we talked about the haunting. Right. I don't know in what context, but it yeah. came up, and and then we were like, Keely came on for the mummy, mm-hmm. and the the haunting and the mummy feel like you know Sisters. potentially they could have some sort of a connection to one another. Right. Yeah. Uh, they look great with terrible CGI. Sure, the mummy is a million times better than the haunting. Um, but I was like, yeah, you guys should come. And, and we twice, are, I'd say twice I, as good. I stand by the fact that having Jared and Keely on for an episode together is a must. Is well, a must I'm, situation. I'm ready if she was only not like getting yeah, married, she's, like getting busy. married or some shit like that. I don't know. She, she says she has important things to do. <laughs> yeah, um, which which fork her. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So I thankfully recorded this, kept it on my DVR box, so I did not have to pay to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, it's not a good movie. No, but it does also feel like. As is the case with a lot of the films that we cover, it feels like a relic of its time. Like it feels like there's a bunch of stuff in it. The cast, for instance, which is filled with a bunch of people that had not really popped yet. Yeah. I mean, Catherine Zeta Jones is just an entrapment. I was going to say this was because yeah. entrapment was what, like 96? No, it's 99 yeah, oh, as well. It was, it was also 90. <laughs> yeah. Shit, a hell of a year. What a year. <laughs> what, a, what a year. It was what? Mask of Zorro that came Mask out. Mask of Zorro. Right, right, yeah. right, so okay. she, she kind of popped in Mask yeah. of Zorro, which yes. is basically yeah. just like, who is this gorgeous Hispanic woman? Oh, she's not even Hispanic. What is no, going on? Not even Welsh. 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 She's tan. Who is No, I know. Who is this beautiful America exotic woman? Who, but she played Latina in that movie. I yes. believe, yes. So yes. it was that was the whole thing. Was, sure. Who's this beautiful right. Latina? Wait a second. <laughs> She's what Welsh. Happening? And uh, and then she cashed in her two her like I'm now this gorgeous movie totally. star thing. Her, with, she got her paycheck movies. The yeah. haunting and, and entrapment. So entrapment is a is a GIF movie. It's, a, it's GIF. a GIF. It's just it's just it's just, just a butt shot. Sliding underneath that red. Yeah, the fucking laser shot. Basically. And then this, I honestly, I knew nothing about this movie. Nothing. Like. Like I thought that like it, the, but you knew it was like a book and like based on something. Sure, but so was like the house on Haunted Hill. So I like yeah, always kind of conflated the two in my mind. Yep. I think a lot of people did actually. And, and I yep. like really didn't know the difference. I knew they came out in the same year and I thought that they like I honestly I thought they might have the same source material. It might be one like It is confusing. Weird. Yeah. Well, I mean they came out a couple months apart, but still. Well, I mean compl- I would imagine if we asked the team behind The Haunting, mm-hmm. why their movie is not called The Haunting of Hill House, is because it was too close to the house on Haunted Hill. Like, so even yeah. like getting The Haunting yeah. part maybe helped to differentiate them. Because I would yeah. imagine if it was me and I came out second in the year, because I think chronologically that's what happened, mm-hmm. I would not want to be the movie The Haunting on Hill House that followed The House on Haunted Hill. Like, it's insane. Yeah, it's very it's confusing. Insane. It's bizarre. I, I will also say, too, that that it, it's it's – the confusion, like for instance, we had uh, Ira Madison mm-hmm. on for uh, the House on Haunted Hill. This is so funny, and he was like, "I thought this was the haunting." He wanted to do the haunting, and you rather wanted to do the and house you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> See, Ira and I are on the same page yeah. at all times. But had he yeah. watched the wrong film and then came on? No, or no, he watched, he watched it and he was like, "Oh, but this isn't the movie that God, I thought I was yeah, asking God, for." The other one. He God, wanted the other one, right. and you wanted the other one. God. So you there you go. You didn't want the other one, but you, I you said been, the other listen, one is better. I mean, better is a sliding scale <laughs> sure. in this situation. Yeah. I think the thing I like about the other movie, Haunting the House on Haunted Hill, is that everyone in that movie understands what movie they're in. Yep. Versus this movie, when I think they all think they're doing important work. 
Yeah, they're they're also sure. they're also not. And I, I mentioned this to you. I'd say that the most damning thing about this film is that they don't click as a no, group. They have no they're chemistry all in whatsoever. different fucking movies because they're not actually working together. We've had this happen before, where you'll see a film where it feels directorless. Mystery Men mm. being maybe the first the pr- wow. prime example. Yeah, I, I feel where less ev- so about that movie. Obviously, I like sure. that movie. No, no, no. Movie, but, but you you understand. I, I I say that in the sense that that comedically. The cast of Mystery Men is all kind of doing different things, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the director isn't saying all of us need to be on the same page. You know what this reminds me of? What? Totally weird uh, analogy, but this actually reminds me. Of, did you ever see the uh, Thirty Rock, the Thirty Rock pilot before Jane Krause? Oh was yeah, in it? when yeah. Rachel Dratch. Yeah. Rachel Dratch, yeah. That felt like everyone was yeah. doing different shows. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And weirdly, like Jane Krakowski brought them all together on the mm-hmm. same show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rachel Dratch is in a different show than Tracy Morgan. He was a yeah. different show than. That other guy who was yep. who was in it, and Tufer was in a different show, and Alec Baldwin, and it really didn't work that yeah. pilot before Jane Krakowski was in it. Um, that actually weirdly is what this feels like. That's interesting. I hate what Owen Wilson is doing in this movie. Yeah, I, I don't, don't really even understand it. what Owen Wilson is. Okay, but like, if except we, for getting it, decapitated, he sucks. First, love that movie. <laughs> I like. I don't. Okay, I don't even understand what his character's function is in this film. Nope. Because like with Catherine Zeta Jones and. Lily, Lily Taylor, Taylor, there's like a sisterliness. There's a like Might a be more fr- than just sisters. no, totally. But like, I understand w- how those two characters interact, yeah. and Liam Neeson serves a function. Owen Wilson is there probably because he was the most famous person at the time? Question mark. I don't know. I think Liam's the most famous, but he's on that. But he's, he's on that first run where he was like it was kind of lame. Yeah, it yes. wasn't like that. He's not on like the Taken fame. He's sort yes, of like yes. oh, I'm like an actor. Yeah, yeah. Like the Rob yeah. Rowe, the Rob Roy, Rob Roy. Fame. yeah, the Michael yeah. Collins fame. Ugh, like that this, Michael like, Collins fame will just carry you anywhere. Open every door. Open every door. That Oscar Schindler fame. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. He's in a different mode. I mean, he does have Phantom Menace and this movie in the same year, it's which weird is strange. Sucked before taken. <laughs> Accurate, but it, he was in all these like prestige movies. But yeah. like, no one wanted to see a Liam Neeson no. movie. And now it's like, I just want him to get his daughter back all the time. All the time. Yeah. Get all off. the time. Just My daughter, get take her away. Get, get, her off, get her. Get her off the train. Get her off the plane. Get oh, her yeah. off the boat. Uh, get her out of the sex slave everything. in Romania. Everything. I want to watch every fucking Liam. Uh, there's a I, snowplow I, one. I, you know? I have seen all of them. Yeah. I hear the new one, Cold Pursuit. Have you watched that one? First of all, every movie title is interchangeable in a Liam Neeson film, yeah. post-taken, <laughs> yeah. because True. they mean nothing. <laughs> What's the other one? It's like A Walk Among the Tombstones. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, like what? Yeah, yeah. what? I don't know yeah, nothing about it. Yeah. Does he walk among the tombstones? Probably. I don't probably. I mean, probably. I'm sure. Might be metaphorical. Who knows? Yeah. I, I wish. talks about it. In, in regards to the House on Haunted Hill v. this movie, yes. what I kind of wish is that that movie had the budget of this movie. Because mm, one of uh-huh. the issues that the House on Haunted Hill is that it is cheap as, cheap as it fuck. Like it looks crap. This movie looks great, yeah. but there's no movie there. Yeah. So you're you have a bunch of actors that are sort of. I mean, Lily Taylor, God bless her, it's trying to do something here for sure. And and I would also argue that Catherine Zeta Jones understands. She thinks she's in the House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. She understands. Oh, we're doing a B movie, right. but no one else thinks they're yeah, doing a B movie, especially like Jan de Bont. Especially Yon Bond, who's just kind of getting off on production design and and cinematography, which, I mean, listen, the movie, I think it looks fucking fantastic. The production design. Yes. Fantastic. fantastic. That house is unreal. Amazing. On a practical level, why did you make this home? (laughs) Like, at what point? Like, truly, like, I, 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 the whole time I kept saying to myself, like, why did Ukraine build this house like this? It's like, why? 
You had no, you had no need know. for a home this large. You kept killing children, so it wasn't to like make room for them in your children. lives. It wasn't to fill the rooms with the laughter of children. And it's true. Rolling into that one, the screams of children, like the, the totally the death. Howls, yeah, of but children. arguably you'd want a smaller room for that, so you're constantly surrounded, so he, they're not ricocheting he, off walls. You put them all in a small room. I'm he, not yeah. defending Ukraine. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like you made are. a horrible house. <laughs> <laughs> you made a horrible house on Hill. Yeah, but but like, okay, like for example, <laughs> on a production design level, <laughs> sounds like you that are. carousel room with all the mirrored walls and the spinning floor. Yeah. Looks to what purpose? So, yeah. To what end? <laughs> There's no furniture in that room. Yeah. You can never find the door yeah. once that glass is closed. Yeah. So you're just trapped in a yeah. s- nightmare cir- circle. Yeah. Like, yeah. or or the or the books on the on the Why? on the water. Why? Yeah. How are you going to get furniture past those? <laughs> it's just it's it's. It really is like he – so it's the production designer of What Dreams May Come. So there's oh, an ele- – that tracks. There's an element of just <laughs> – they gave like, a lot on this podcast. They gave him a lot of money and they were like, go make something yeah. pretty. Right. And it's a horror movie. So he's thinking, well, fuck Got the story. Yeah, Who yeah, cares? Sure. But it just – to your point, you're watching it being like, but I don't understand. Who lives here? Right. How do they live here? Okay. I, I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Maybe at some point before he decided to kill all the children, yep. he wanted to lure the children. And it seems like that's a there's a lure aspect I mean, to carousel room and like I'll give you, you know like Alice in Wonderlandy right. stuff. I mean, there's nothing Sharon, a five year old loves more than like gorgeous architecture. Gothic, <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous just like, architecture. This is like come into my <laughs> massive home and look at these vaulted I, I, ceilings, I know, Jimmy. Man. There's like a there's no, Willy Wonka. I, I understand what you're saying. It's very there's an element of that room specifically that's very like ice cream trucky. Ice cream. Yeah, truck, yeah, 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 yeah. That room. Yes. All great pedophiles know that I oh, Jesus. work. I, I will say this. I, I, I think <laughs> that – Stuck on great yeah, pedophiles. Yeah, I was just going to say all <laughs> great <laughs> pedophiles. I just wanted to breeze past it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not a great pedophile until you learn ice cream. You're like architecture. <laughs> Before that, you're just sort of like middling. Uh, the middling. Yeah. The shitty, the shitty yeah. ones are like, you know, an ice cream – just an ice cream truck just, or whatever. Just bicycle, standing bicycle there bicycle like in his Volkswagen yeah. like, I don't get why they're not coming. <laughs> I don't know why they're not here. Uh, it's terrible. Let's but it, it does feel like – it does feel like this movie had a lot of money in it. It starts – so in terms of the gestation of it this project – made a lot of money. Which well, is not in terms of how much it cost. Like it, it was a $90 million budget and like $110 it, it was a It was an $80 million budget made 177 worldwide. Oh, That's a lot, dude. But not if with you P and A, I mean, it's say, it's like that's probably a profit of, of twenty or thirty million dollars. I not that that's not nothing, but I'm just just like think just think failure. about this for a moment, right? Imagine in the year 2019, yeah, you heard yeah. that Jan Debont was getting eighty million dollars to make a movie with Lily Taylor, Catherine Zeta Jones, and Owen Wilson. You'd be like, that's not a great business decision. Right, that's yeah, insane. It's, it's, it's insane. It sounds yeah, insane, yeah. even by today's standards. Eighty million dollars is too much money to make this in ninety nine. So right. we're really talking about one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty today. Yeah. but still, even like to Jared's point, eighty today <laughs> is insane. Insane. And eighty million, eighty million dollar movies don't exist. They don't. Twenty million and a hundred right. yeah. and like, million, yeah. two hundred million, but still yeah. like. Yeah, I want to make one more point about this that I think sure. is so funny. Have you yeah. ever in your life seen a weirder and in the credits and Lily Taylor? Yeah. And also, have you ever seen the protagonist of the movie be an and? and? That was weird. Like, what the fuck? I think there's some <laughs> weird so – sc- like, there's some rewriting going on for sure because this thing screams like I was on that. the fly writing. Well, I mean – like, there's a bunch of – I don't know. Maybe she wasn't the protagonist in the first version of it. Like, it's possible that she like – had to be. I don't Could you know. imagine how – I mean, I mean who she's else in every scene of the movie. movie? Yeah, I mean, it's really I, her film. It's, Which is also a really weird bet for an $80 yes, million dollar movie in 1999. That's, that's the thing. I, I was watching this thinking, first of all, I fucking love Lily Taylor. Who like, does, I, Lily, Lily Taylor is the best. So I'm thinking, like, 
this is a great opportunity for Lily Taylor to yep. be the the lead in in a big tentpole summer oh, movie. Sure. And to her credit, I think that she's imbuing this role with sadness yes. and melancholy yes. and and all these layers that the movie doesn't deserve. Right. And unfortunately doesn't track either because the direction is just all over the fucking map. So she's just there's moments where I'm just and then like I mean Spoiler, obviously people fucking know it. She dies at the fucking end of this yeah. movie in a way that I was kind of shocked. I honestly thought, oh, well, she's going to survive yeah. this. And then she dies and it just kind of fucking ends. ends. It's kind of it, weird that she – like. I mean I was going to say like why would she want to do this? But like money. she probably wants to do it for the paycheck. Yeah, and, you know, there's something inside of every actor who is who imagines themselves as a, you know, a big leading role – a big leading role movie star. I guess I get that, but like, why waste your time on this fucking movie? Well, I guess if you think it's going to be a big fat hit, you're hoping, if you're Lily Taylor anyway, that great. Now I can help some indie films totally. get made that I really want yeah, to do down the road. It's very. Uh, I'm that, just being that, trying to be very optimistic, generous, I think. but I don't know. I mean, Jan de Bont's career is strange. Well, it's he, just like he existed and then he stopped. Well, he existed. Be- yes, so he makes Speed. Which is his first film, and it's yes. a fucking masterpiece. Speed is, Speed is argu- phenomenal. one of the best action films ever made. Couldn't love it more. Speed 2, not so much. Well, Keanu knows what Keanu's doing. <laughs> Keanu was like, I'm good. Keanu was like, fuck. Yeah. That. Right. <laughs> a boat? No. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> what I would have said. Yeah. A boat? But it's also, he does Twister in between, and Twister's a big fat I hit. Love, also, great also movie. Great, great movie. movie. Twister's oh. a lot of fun. Helen Hunt deserved to have a lot more opportunities after that. Yes, oh, I do understand. Agree. She won so. an Oscar still, but. <laughs> but it. Should have won the Oscar for Twister. Yes, correct. So good in that movie. So I wish she did more action movie. movies. Could have been. You know, yeah. who, you, know who, you know who else I feel that way about? I think Meryl Streep should have done more action After movies. The River and then, Wild. Yes, because yeah, The River Wild awesome. is such a great River movie. Wild's a great movie. Yeah. And she's yeah. amazing in it. And I feel like there was this weird, like, push back against them doing actiony kind of movies yeah. then. Because you would think logically, River Wild, awesome. Such a yeah. like, so much capability for this. Helen Hunt, so great in Twister. Like, let's see what else. Like, where's what more Linda Hamilton can we pull out of that? Yeah. Like, totally. You know? Totally. Total. Well, that's interesting and instructive because Linda Hamilton had no career after that. Right. So like they're they're both uh, – Meryl Streep and uh, Helen Hunt are really like physical in those movies. Really And physical. they look really good yeah. being physical. Totally. You bought it. You bought all of it. 100%. Yeah. I wish – I, I agree with you completely. I wish there was more of that. I know. Um, it does seem emblematic of the time completely. most likely. I think that if yeah. – I, I would hope that today if we had situations similar to that and be thrown into it. I think, that, I think they'd absolutely be getting – They'd so. be in a fucking Marvel movie or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, for or sure. they'd be uh, – I'm not – Doing well with names. They'd be Elisa Vikander, you know, going yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right. Tomb Raider and Not she the could, yeah. right yeah. choice, but still yeah. getting the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Jennifer Garner to this day still yeah. does her peppermint totally. yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. I'd rather see Helen Hunt in those Jennifer Garner roles, and I'd rather see Jennifer Garner in <laughs> Helen Hunt. Yes, so, I would, that's interesting. I, I would agree with that actually. Yeah. Although neither of them is doing a lot of roles at all. No, so. I like. I mean, I didn't see camping. I didn't watch a moment of that. But yeah. I like Jennifer Garner in the the homemaker roles. Like I really like her in yeah. Juno. She's great in yeah. Juno. She's really yeah. good yeah. in Love Simon as the mom. Like she. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. that, yeah. oh it's really. Good. What's the movie that she did with the little boy who's a plant or something? Oh, uh, it's like a Timothy life Green. in green. Yeah. yeah, something. But he's he like she grows him. She in the grows backyard. him in the backyard. That's, well, that's what being a parent is. Tell me more. Three of my kids were grown in my garden. The fourth fell from the sky. 
Um, so this movie has a strange sort of birthing process in the sense that it starts with Spielberg, as so many movies do. Sure. Uh, as He's an uncredited EP on it. He wanted to do a remake of the original Haunting. Mm-hmm. He goes to Stephen King. He says, hey, why don't you write a screenplay of it? So Stephen King writes a screenplay, and Stephen Spielberg's like, well, I don't want to do this. And they basically kind of shit-can the whole thing. Oh. Uh, How, like, at what time? Like, what time period is this happening? This is, this is a couple years earlier. This is probably in the mid-90s of this okay. or early to mid-90s. Oh. So Stephen uh, agreed with King's idea to use the real-life Winchester Mystery House right. in San Jose, California mm-hmm. as the inspiration for these characters. King wanted it to, to be sort of scarier. King wanted – he wrote it a teleplay mm-hmm. and then ultimately – uh, it doesn't go anywhere. We were a teleplay for Rose Red, which I guess then turned into yeah. something. Yeah, which was a TV was a movie. TV yeah. Movie. yeah, so yeah. he yeah. he pulled a bunch of that stuff. So that's sort of what happened. He okay. uses very – the TV miniseries shares many elements with the Jacksons. TV yes, TV miniseries with the Jackson source novel, which is The Haunting of Hill House. Got it. Okay. Um, Spielberg, it's also – he didn't apparently directed some scenes or participated in post-production oh. because he did not like the rough cut that he saw. Well, I didn't like the final cut that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I get it, Steve. Uh, yeah. It. They, so, and they built this set on – in the hangar that the Spruce Goose – what? Which was the the Howard mammoth Hughes. airplane yeah. that that Howard Hughes built? Uh-huh. They built this sound. They built these sets in that hangar. Probably a lot of good energy there. <laughs> what a, what a great energy, a but a lot of, good, of space. Lot of toenails. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> urine. Yeah. Of urine. Don't drink uh, any bottle. Yeah, don't drink anything. <laughs> you didn't put down yourself. It's a, it's a weird. I mean, it's a weird movie that I don't quite understand <laughs> how all of this happened. <laughs> but it it it. it so Yonda Bunk gets attached to this film after doing um, – I believe he did – I think the last movie he did was Tomb Raider uh, 2. Of Life. Yeah, yeah, but that Cradle was after Life. this. That was after this. So he went – it's pretty simple. He, it's went, like rough. he went speed, twister, speed to this – and then Tomb the Raider cliff. two, yes. But the, and and this is sort of the, the part of his. Do you see his last his last American credit as a producer? It's bizarre. What is it? The Paperboy. Do you know what I'm talking? about? Oh yes, the Lee Daniels movie the where Lee Nicole Daniel. Kidman pees on Zac Efron. The peeing movie. Yeah. It's the only it's the only scene people know. She was nominated for a Golden Globe for that. Listen, we're not using the Golden Globes as a litmus test for anything, okay? Because let's not forget that Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp were nominated for the, the Taurus. Taurus. Of course. So there's you can no buy Golden Globes. Pretty, no, they did. Clearly. Yeah. Yonda Bont, though, the, the part of his career that I think is – that people often don't talk about is his – he was a cinematographer before he was That's a right. director. Did Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Flatliners. He did a bunch of great fucking movies. Like the guy has an eye. Yeah. And he – That's how every Euro becomes a director. Completely. Yeah. It's yeah. weird yeah. in its own weird way. But it okay, is. yes. But it's, it's – I just think it's sort of fascinating that he – so he starts in that place. He The Speed script, which written by Graham Yost, it's a great fucking movie. Great. Um, it's just well cast. It's just tight. It knows what it is. It's well shot. Great energy. He goes and does Twister two years after that. Then Speed 2 comes right after Twister, like the next year. And it's an enormous failure. It's really, really expensive. One of the great failures. One of the oh. great failures. Yeah. Uh, it was a pedophile who would be in an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I just want off of this pedophile train. <laughs> Not up to you. That's not up to you. Who wants to stay on this train? No. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Polar Express? Yo, 
What's the sequitur? Polar Express. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Yeah. Polar Express. I think there's a horror movie that's just basically pedophile. Pedophile <laughs> dream, but it's the Polar Express? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that sounds fair. that movie is such a night- nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, Same with Snowpiercer. Snow <laughs> it's less scary. Snowpiercer. They less, eat yes. children on that train. I mean, yeah. well, you got uh, So Speed 2, though, I will say, <laughs> for what it's worth, Speed 2 looks great. It's does not it? a good movie. Does it? It's, it's well, it is, it is from a production perspective. I actually, I, it's I, a solid looking movie. So here's my thing about. Has the cruise ship ever looked great? That's part of it. It just, it feels very like I'm on a cruise ship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how much are you really doing with that? Like, yeah. speed is like, it's, so it's like, there's like gritty and it's got like really great like yeah. color tinges to it. And sure. it just feels like I'm in overhead fluorescent lighting when I'm in yes. speed too, which I am because I'm in a cruise ship. Well, and yeah. It just makes no sense. Like I, oh, like, <laughs> why, like, why does Willem Dafoe like the leeches thing in the bathtub? And, oh, it doesn't make any no, sense. No, I know. It's just like I'm trying to wrap my head around why it's so bad. Also, like, excuse me, you, they literally drive a boat into a harbor into a at harbor. the end, and like that's what they're trying to stop. It's. Like, I think the most damning thing, and it's something that no one put a lot of thought into clearly, which is that um, when you're on a boat. Showing speed impossible. is impossible, especially a cruise so ship. Everybody does do that going into it. They might have. The first thing anyone said. It's so like, it just doesn't feel like you're going fast. Right. It feels like you're going very slowly. Well, and, and also, like the irony is, like cruise control is when you don't speed up. That's what you're you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you're, you're, you're so you're just awesome. oh, fuck. coasting. Something and like that's so I came up with that title. I kind of want to watch Speed Two again so, now, guys. And so then also like <laughs> Jason, Jason Patrick, God love him. Yep. Yep. Is up. A, approximately a thousand steps below Keith. Yeah. Can I tell you a, a story from Entourage? Like from the, when your Entourage or the show? Oh, uh, yeah. For, no, well, I was on Entourage. He was a writer was on a Entourage. Writer. No, I'm just For, Yeah, so it is my Entourage and the show. Yeah. Um, my Entourage. That's what they – it's like Lee Daniels, the paper boy. Yeah. It's Kenny Kenny's, Nybart's the yeah. Entourage. <laughs> I love it. I'd watch that. <laughs> I'm on it. Um, <laughs> we we uh, – we had a similar situation once. With Keanu? No, where we had to like, you know, we had a guy we wanted for a role. We wrote in Robert Duvall for a role. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we went down, like, we couldn't get Robert Duvall for this. We went down every single actor <laughs> Can until I we you finally wound up casting Jason Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> we, so, so it's happened to him twice? This is how many – I mean, not to not Jason Patrick, who's in Rush, and I love him in Rush so much. Yeah. Think about your friends how, and neighbors. He's fucking amazing in that movie. He's a sneaky good actor. Yeah, he is. Think about how many levels you go from, and I may have told this story before, but the uh-huh. only other like drop of that magnitude we had was when we wrote in Leonardo DiCaprio and got Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> See that? That's di- that's, like. that's different. That that's I, lateral. That I don't think that's that lateral. Yeah, lateral I will say, like though, moving forward, I whenever I think of Jason Patrick, I'll be like, you know, he's like a Robert Duvall type. <laughs> I was a, I was oh, I was fantastic. Script, I was script coordinator at that time, which wow. means I had to rewrite every script oh. for you know wow. Kevin Costner and everybody sure. like sure. Kevin Costner. I remember we went after me. Tom Berenger we went after like a lot of guys. You, you couldn't get Tom Berenger. A lot of guys between Duval and uh, yeah and Patrick. I'll bet. So um, here's the synopsis of the haunting. Okay, it's just we're gonna just 
dive in. Uh, this horror tale focuses on visitors to the secluded mansion of Hill House who have been called to the I, this is Google just everybody again uh, who have been called to the Robert isolated like well because I just I feel bad sometimes that people think I wrote this uh, have been called to the isolated look bad well I don't want people thinking I'm a shitty fucking you know I feel bad for you that you feel yeah. bad I think isolated I think location bad. by Dr. David Morrow played by Liam Neeson as part of a study on insomnia however Morrow is really investigating fear and he plans to scare the subjects including the introverted now played by Lily Taylor and the seductive Theo played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. Unfortunately for Marrow and everyone stay, staying at the Hill House, the manor is actually haunted by an evil spirit out to torment its guests. Jared, was the eye roll for the name Theo? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, no. It's not. Fair, well, so, so what's interesting is um, – so I've never read the book because why do yeah, – we yeah, don't read yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Book. But books. so we at Netflix – we did a remake, a, a series on the haunting of Hill House. And I had not seen this movie since it was in theaters, the first and only time I saw it. And I love our show, The Haunting of Hill House. I mean, this is not like an ad or anything, but it's just a fact. Uh, And so what was really interesting was seeing now how much they had in common. Because to me, that's how I know what's source material and what's not. And so all the names are source material. Theo, Nell, Luke are the names of in the show, the three siblings. So – that's that was an interesting element. The spiral staircase that Lily Taylor fake hangs herself from, that's a huge component yeah. of the series. So there's there's a bunch of things along the oh. way that I came like, oh, that must come directly from the book because it's also in the TV show. That's interesting. I mean, I hate to say that there wasn't was any Theo a boy in the book? No, it's it's Theodora. Theodora? Yeah. Okay. So it's Nell, Theodora, Luke, and then there's one other brother that And Dr. Dave Romaro, is that the name, do you think? I know. Okay. No. I I just I I think that it's unfair to say that no thought was put into this movie. Like I I think that there's a lack of of thought being put into certain elements of it. But I just I'm I'm reticent to we've watched I guess what I'm saying is we've watched some real bad movies. Some real stinkers. We've watched uh, Simon Says for instance recently. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so happy Sorry. you know what that is. Sorry. So we've watched movies that I feel are far less competent than this film. Oh, sure. So yes. now this movie is unfortunately boring at times right. and doesn't, you know, it's too long. I found myself just feeling like you could have chopped 15 minutes of yeah, it like just to pace it up. Yeah, it just long. needs to be, it's just paced poorly. Yeah. Um, and again, there's a real, it's so funny that looking at Yondabon, you've got the script for Twister. You got the script for speed. Both of those scripts are, are tight, you know, really moving, you know, in terms of like paste, yeah. great storytelling. If you don't give him a script that has a rock solid base, from, he he just yeah. he's going to give you a really bad movie because he can't really but, dig into anything. But I maybe going back to what we were saying before, yeah. that's the difference between a director and yeah. a cinematographer who's allowed to direct a film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, that's a because fair, fair I point. think like that's probably why he, they were like, you know what? We're going to stop giving him work because he can't <laughs> elevate the material when he's just not giving it straight up perfect good. Well, he's also – I think – and this is where uh, truthfully – the the rubber meets the road for for Jan de Bont is the cost of his movies. Um, he so his last film is is the um, uh, the Tomb Raider sequel, Cradle right. of Life, which uh, I'm just looking up right now because it had a really really big budget. Oh, I'm sure. And it was uh, that was sort of the beginning of the end for him because yeah. I just think that he was expecting. 
these yeah so it had a 95 million dollar budget in 2003 they had to build that aztec temple they had to get all, the, all that those snowmobile scenes <laughs> all that stuff you know and, and it makes 156 million worldwide on a 95 million dollar budget that that's that's not good so it, it's and, and then the haunting is a sort of similar situation it's a little bit more money made on it but still like i guess at a certain point he's just like well fuck this why am i doing this and, and the haunting came out in the summer, right? If I remember correctly, in July. Yeah. So here's what's really interesting too to me: it's that this is not a big summer blockbuster, but it clearly was thinking it was. Like the yeah. studio thought it was going to be this big crowd pleasing kind of thing, yeah. where they're like, "Oh, it's like it's smart." Like they thought this was going to be like the What Lies Beneath style success coming out in the summer. Yeah. Everybody really loves it because it's yeah. smart and it's adult and it's different and it just was none of those things. Yeah. So. Every single choice is so odd to me about the haunting. Well, it's what's interesting too is so we now live in a in a movie landscape where you can basically open a horror movie at any time of the year yeah. if if the movie Absolutely. is 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 halfway decent. Mm-hmm. Yep. It feels like so. This is obviously twenty years ago. You couldn't really do that, especially not a horror movie like this, right? Which is sort of a I, I at yeah, one point they, horror movies like this are yeah. more viable now. I, yes, and I they agree. were then. I agree, not for eighty million dollars, but yes, no, totally. But yeah, totally, like, yeah, you can make a horror movie about anything these days, right? Yes. Right, and it'll have some legs to speak of. Uh, this is kind of on the tail end of the teen horror movie yep. thing, and the new horror thing was the Blair Witch. So we we're just getting into the found footage, right? Yep. This gothic thing, uh, outside of Sixth Sense, which is kind of gothic inspired, and What Lies Beneath, which had gothic elements. When, to it. What kind of in storytelling? It didn't really have gothic architecture which which is why there's no children in it (laughs) (laughs) don't start (laughs) (laughs) sorry please continue it didn't have children in it um and uh (laughs) jesus christ i i I think that if you put up one rivet (laughs) one stained glass window you would have believed the way the children would would go running up to it uh, but I, I agree with you that, that this is sort of a, a vestige of something that it, it kind of feels a little bit like a theme park ride. Like right. it, it has the – there's Right. But like I didn't I didn't see Haunted Mansion, the Eddie Murphy movie, the Disney film based on the, the theme so park funny. ride. It is its own thing. But you sort, you sort of know where I'm talking the, – the corollary between these two things, which is this movie is not fun enough nor scary enough, whereas Haunted Mansion is a kid's movie. It's aiming to be that. It's trying to be spooky in sort of an Adam's Family sort of like way, whereas this movie is just neither fish nor fowl. I think right. this it's just, movie is for people in, in theory, but in practice, agreed. I don't know who this is for. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I completely agree with you because like I like that first scene with – where they uh, introduce Lily Taylor yeah. and her sister Virginia Madsen for no good reason. Yeah, yeah. I was Who's like a horrible person. I mean, in they're this literally. Movie. She, she's like, your, your mom is dead. We're moving. She's like, this is my home. She's like, I know, but I'd love to sell it. <laughs> she's like, she's like, but please don't <laughs> sell it. I want to keep living here. And she's like, no, I hear you, but I think we're gonna sell it. It's just maybe like you could be our maid. Maybe you could take care of our child, who's oh, literally maybe. knocking your things over and clearly channeling your dead mother in a very awful. creepy way. Awful. He's literally like, how would yeah. you, how would that child know what the mom like? Anyway, it was Ugh. very strange. Obviously, it's a total like fragment of a scriptwriter imagination to get Lily to this point. Yeah. It's like they're so awful. They're kicking her out. She needs a home. The yeah. phone call comes. Later, we find out no one called her. Um, so, and it's so just weird. so like I see what they were trying to do, right? Like yeah. I get it because even that scene feels very six sensey to me. Yeah, like the way it's shot, the way it looks, and these people trapped in this house. Like I get that. It looks amazing. So that, but like none 
of the pieces fit together <laughs> in a way that would appeal to a human being. That's right. There's nothing satisfying about any of the arcs. No. None of them come to any sort of like conclusions that are the only the only good moment in this film is when he gets decapitated by the giant lion flu. So when Owen Wilson gets decapitated, it is awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. And you're like, I cannot believe they made this movie just to film that scene. <laughs> they also telegraph it. Beyond. Just like, <laughs> who cares? Although, to be, to be fair, had they not introduced the lion flu, it would have seemed weirder that a giant lion's head <laughs> in Owen Wilson's head towards I mean, the end. I mean, I guess. But I know what you're talking about. It's like, like it's, it's sort of like it's, they introduce a gun, right? You're yeah. like, someone's getting shot someone's by that gonna gun. Someone's going to fucking die. That's what I want out of the movie. That's More what of I that out of every ha- right. haunted house yeah. movie. I don't want this like gelatinous yeah. CGI stuff. Yeah, that's well. Awful. That's it's funny because say what you will about uh, House on Haunted Hill, but at least it kills off its fucking people. You know what I mean? Like there's a bunch oh, of, yeah. of good dude, a good deaths. I mean, you needed a bigger cast in order to do that. Or just honestly make more of a meal out of the deaths of the people that and no one dies in this. Lily dies, but in a very melancholy and sad way. I mean, the only thing and, we really see is that like woman, like almost loses an eye. Which is kind of yeah, cool. Which was I, a cool I, moment. I kind of sure. was into that. I am like, Oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. This is <laughs> Like, but then but you spend two hours yeah. watching Lily Taylor's breath clip it cold. Like kill Bruce Dern. Like why? Why do we? You're like yeah. shockingly bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. Like now they like a haunted uh, 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 a haunted house movie slash horror movie where no one actually dies right. except Owen Wilson who dies in a great way, but no one really dies no, at all. And I guess the haunted house movies are always the same in that like the ha- the house wants something. Yeah. yeah. Go eat it. I, like <laughs> totally. Like, <laughs> but like, but that's but that's another thing. And like not. Clearly that anyone who wrote this movie cared, but like, I don't understand what's happening, no, right? Like, yeah, no. I don't under, I mean, okay, so I, I, like, I get the mythology they're building in that old man Crane was killing children. I don't really know why, Never explained. but like the ghosts of the children are still there because there's an enormous door that has a purgatory yeah. arc carved into it, which, listen, what a beautiful thing to have around your home. <laughs> Just like looking at the souls of artistry. Dead, I mean, stunning. Really, really yeah. nice. And as Catherine Zeta-Jones said, can't buy that on Martha Stewart. Like, I was like, what? what? She's I was, right. I mean, she's right. But yeah, like, I mean, yes. maybe post-prison you could. But <laughs> like, so I get what they're trying to do, like bringing in the kid thing. And then also yeah. like Lily Taylor is a caregiver and yeah. she identifies. And then they layer in the things about like, oh, this is my great-great-grandfather. Um, it's always fucking blood. It's always, I know. Yeah. So, but like. I don't understand. Like, I still don't understand. The pieces don't click. I really don't get that. There's, you know, when we were doing The Matrix, I talked about that moment with the Oracle and how um, how much I love the moment when they go to see the Oracle because yep. it grounds you. Yep. You br- you're brought into a very comfortable setting in this really discomforting yep. world. Um, there's nothing in this movie. And it, it was weird. I was like uh, – I, I was just, just, just having a really loud sing-along with my kids this morning to oh, Hamilton. Oh, nice. As we do. Um, and we were singing along with uh, uh, You'll Be Back. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Hamilton? Very. Of course. Hamilton, You'll Be Back. Um, and I remember being – It's a great fucking song. Yeah. It's a, <clears throat> well, the purpose it serves in that musical yeah. in reassuring all the old white people there that this isn't so far right. from what you know and what you've come to expect. Like, I like, don't worry. We can do this yeah. too. And so give this a chance. The, that's the same thing that the Oracle scene does, which mm-hmm. is like – don't worry. Like, like we're going to make this comfortable for you. Yep. The hot thing never does that. No, they never give you one scene that that makes you feel. An, and I'm not saying I need to feel comfortable in movies. I love Blair Witch, but Blair Witch even does it with the goofy stuff in the in the motel yeah. room before, yeah. where you feel like this is something that I can re, I, I can latch on to. Completely, I feel nothing that reminds me of the real world in here at 
all. Well, it should have been – truthfully, it should have been Liam Neeson's character. Now, part of it is – I hate that scene with him before explaining what he's doing. It's awful. Oh, it's – It's so clunky. But part of this is, I think – Miscasting sure. of Liam Neeson, who doesn't feel right in this movie. Yeah. Had it been someone me that, someone. I mean, I don't even know, but like someone that I, the person that comes to mind is Morgan Freeman, but like someone that 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 you have a sort of a warmth and a caring attitude that can feel like a bearing wall of someone that I'm like, okay, like this is this is the sort of parental figure, if you will, or the or the person that I can, to your point, ground this movie. He is, now, he is such a shitty motivation, though. But also, course, like that's but, my thing. Like you can't actually empathize with Liam Neeson's character because he's deceiving them and he's yeah. brought them there under right. false pretenses, right? Like, you, but if what, the you, casting was different as possible, you would have at least cared about this person a little bit more. Maybe, I, right? Especially since. He fucking lives, right? Like he, he and like begrudgingly in a weird way. Like at the end, I needed and, to believe his his motivation was noble. So right, if he's sure. studying fear, if he's studying for, fear for, it's like for what ex- reason? Yes. Just give me like to yes. cure cancer, yes. right? Like I don't know, but or like, or, or even to nothing, no. or it's or it's something even personal to him, where it's yeah. like he had some fucking yeah. horrifying experience. My that he son wants to, died of fear, whatever. So I'm going to cure the world of fear. Totally, sure. like that. But, yes, but also <laughs> just like taking that taking that like into isolation for a moment. I don't really understand what his mythology was, like what his methodology was for this study because he doesn't make – actually do anything to them yeah. besides make them yeah. go, p- do puzzles. How fortunate for him that the house happened to be haunted. Truly. Because <laughs> Seriously. Like, the house was really helping his study. Yeah. Otherwise, but like, this is pointless. Like all he did was like talk into his recorder like, oh, she's really scared now. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that, how is that science? That is not It, it makes me wonder – How much better the house on Haunted Hill is because – I know. Right? Yes. Like, really, really – You were like, I buy it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean – it also, I think part of it too is thirty. This, this is. I wish that we just found he wasn't really a doctor, right? Like, it was just, just a madman. Like he's just a fucking crazy person. Well, so then I would have been like, absolutely. cool. I would have loved if you found out that not only was Lily Taylor like Crane's great great granddaughter, yeah. but this guy was also related to them, and he was intentionally bringing people yes. here to give them to Hugh Crane sure. to like keep his spirit alive or doing something like like in Ghostbusters two. You know how that what's his face keeps sure. bringing people yeah. to Vigo yeah. like. That's Peter, what I would like. Peter yeah, Peter Snyder. Yeah. 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 But I also, I mean, I would even go one step farther and say, what if yeah. Liam was like possessed by a fucking Absolutely. spirit from Absolutely. from the house? Totally, whatever. Yeah. There's so many ways yeah. with which you can buy back his fucking crazy bullshit shitty plan, but they don't do it. Right. He had to be because if he's not, then what is bringing Lily Taylor to this house outside of dumb luck? Well, that it's ghost just, who called her. Oh, the. Like, don't forget! Don't forget! In both these movies, don't, ghosts call. Don't, that's both, true. One of them gets yeah. an email. Oh, that's right. They oh, change the invitation. The invitation. <laughs> I, I mean, forgot. listen, ghost, guys. Ghost, ghost. House can make calls. Speaking of, have oh. you ever seen Ghost in the Machine? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, it's actually great. You really? should watch it. I mean, it's not great. That's what Deus Ex Machina means. It's. Did we talk about like Fear.com when oh, we were doing Fear.com was terrible. <laughs> I love Fear.com was during uh, the House on Haunted Hills. Well, I think it was the same director. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, I think it was too. Ghost but- in the Machine. I think is Karen Allen. Hang on, I'm looking it up. <laughs> so the haunting opens on July 23rd, yeah. 1999, in first place with 33.4 million dollars against Inspector Gadget, and dropped it she gorgeous. Actually, outgrossed it. Dropped it gorgeous. Same weekend. Wow. Jared just killing it on uh, July 23rd, 1999. We did it last week. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, guys. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it would go on to make a, uh, $177 million worldwide on an $80 million budget. The Hunting has 16% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, Generous. 28% from audiences. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit I of- I thought people liked this movie. 
Hold on, because I'm going to read you a review by Roger Ebert where he gave it three out of four stars. Wow. Roger Ebert says, to my – Kenny's face is like, of course, this fucking guy. To my surprise, I find myself recommending The Haunting on the basis of its locations, its sets, its art direction, its sound design, and the overall splendor of its visuals. The story is a mess, but for long periods of time, that hardly matters. It's beside the point as we enter one of the most striking places I've ever seen on film. Go on an architecture but the, tour. But the um, special effects are, are original and effective, evoking a haunted house in unexpected ways. A floor-level gliding camera is insinuating. Sets set in a huge old conservatory are creepy in the way that you, they use dead vegetation. And there's a nice scene on a shaky spiral staircase to enter these rooms, to move through them, to feel the weight and personality. I'm reminded of the abandoned subway station in Mimic, the fucking Del Toro movie, which is yeah, ten movie. times the movie that this really is. Um, to close out, he says, the movie often edges so close to truly being scary that you wonder why they didn't just try a little harder to write more dimensional characters and add an edge to an almost plausible realism that distinguished Shirley Jackson's original novel. The movie does not, alas, succeed as a horror film, but it succeeds as a film worth watching anyway, and that is no small achievement. Okay, first of all, so that Roger Ebert review is this. The script is terrible, the movie makes no sense, but you know what? Beautiful. <laughs> Three out of four stars. <laughs> I know. It's like, loved looking at it. He's just like, he's, he's basically just a fucking art direction nerd here and, and, and like, listen but like fine. but own that and then say but the movie is shit one star don't right. don't go and see it Come, yeah I'm, I'm recommending this you know why they paid him to say that it's certainly possible and but i would like to think rodri was above the take i don't know i don't know him that well i don't know uh it's, it's really hard to say he was but Come uh on. roger ebert right mr integrity that's what i'm saying so to talk about just <laughs> to talk about the cast just a little bit more i do think that as much as i love lily taylor yeah. and i love her Hanging a movie on her is yeah. a tall order. I agree. Well, you, you know, and I don't mean this. I agree with you 100%. I think the thing, the thing about Lily Taylor that works for me in film and a little bit here, right? Is that there's something very fragile about her performance style. I find her to be a little bit like a pane of glass that kind of has a little too much pressure on it at yes. all times, right? Yes. And that is not the kind of person who can be the lead of your film. Had the movie been Catherine Zeta-Jones's movie and Lily Taylor was sort of the foil to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have cared more, but I think that paradigm would have been a little more interesting because for all of her lack of charisma for whatever, Catherine Zeta-Jones can actually kind of carry a film. Like I think she yes. has that stature that allows you to be the lead of a film. Yeah, I, I fully agree. It's interesting. As I was watching this, I just recently did a rewatch of Six Feet Under, which is my Ugh, favorite show ever. She's so good on that. And she's so fucking good. But I do think that part of the reason why the show slipped out of the zeitgeist a little bit had to do with the third season where she's brought in to be the love interest yeah. for Nate. Oh, sure. And she's this, so the antithesis Brenda. Of, of Brenda that it it really just shows – it highlights her weaknesses mm-hmm. as opposed to her strengths. And I think she's a tremendous actress and I season three is, is my favorite season of the show. But it does show that there's something very fragile about her, which is beautiful. Yep. And there's, there's something really uh, – I, I, I'm sort of lost for the words of it, but just the very sort of believability of her. She feels like a real person. Yeah. All of these things are great attributes in an actor, but unfortunately in this role, it's just, these are just not what you, you just can't, you can't hang a movie on that. Yeah, I agree. She's um, in a weird way. She is too. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I hate the word real. Yep, just yes. But you understand what I mean. I do. Like this, everything about this movie is so heightened. Yes. And it kind of needs, it might not be Catherine Zeta-Jones what it needs in that role, but it kind of does need a real like kind of movie star. Yeah. At the core of it, to play these really, really big, stupid moments. What's well, funny? Because being said, sorry. it still would have sucked. Go ahead. Yeah, I will say it's funny. You, you so you alluded to what lies beneath, which I kind of like. It's a bit of a guilty oh, pleasure, but I really what lies like. beneath is actually one of my. Well, we're both Michelle. I mean, as are you, she, but Michelle she, Pfeiffer could have done. Could it. have done this. Michelle Pfeiffer is the type of person sure. you need in this role. Yes, you needed Michelle a movie Pfeiffer, star. You need Michelle Pfeiffer in, in every role. Yeah. <laughs> but in no, everything. I agree with you. You need someone who has like that. Star power almost yes. in some way. And also, I mean, what she does in What Lies Beneath is what's needed in that. Absolutely. Which is someone that is in over their head, yeah. doesn't understand what's going on around them, but still has a, a maternal kind yeah. of – all that sort of stuff. And and obviously Michelle Pfeiffer is tremendously watchable and, yeah. and all of those things. So yeah, it's, good- it's just unfortunate. And it, it, it is also weird to me too that in a film that is designed to feel this big – yeah. There are so few characters, yeah. you know, I mean, not to go back to the house on haunted hill again, yes. but at least like, and it's not even coming from like a body count perspective, but like, I don't even know what relationships I'm investing in when Owen Wilson doesn't really do anything or talk to anybody, except he has like, he throws a bass, like a baseball down the hallway one time and pops Pez into his mouth while reading yeah. a book. And I mean, I, I like what Catherine Zeta Jones and Lily Taylor have from like yeah, a relationship too. dynamic. Like yeah. that I feel like was the right direction to go yeah. in. But imagine if you had that three other times. Yes. You could maybe like learn things faster. The film could have actually been shorter with more people in it somehow. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, it, it really just goes to show that the male characters, basically Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson are, are so superfluous to the actual like mechanics of this movie for all intents and purposes. They have no dynamics with each other. So it really just, there's only one, which is the one between Lily Taylor and, and Catherine Cedar Jones. It's also funny too, you talk about how like she's, she's too real, which I fully agree with. She's also incapable of really giving herself into the tropes like yeah. she is without a doubt the worst horror scream ever. i've ever heard it's really not good it's like and it's it, bizarre and it was weird too because this there are a couple of times when she's in the throes of an attack yeah. from the wind um <laughs> where wind attack they do really extreme close-ups of her face and it's like she is dead <laughs> there is no yeah. emotion there the scene when she's when she's in her bed and the bed basically S and M pins her to the cool. Though. It's super cool, right? You, like like the spider legs. Yeah, the spider, yeah, spider, the spider legs. Come, it was like Wow Wow West. Yeah, it was very <laughs> wiki wow wow. Um, <laughs> and they keep cutting to close-ups of her, and she is so nonplussed <laughs> by what is happening to yeah. her. She's just engaged, and she's like, if you're gonna do like a forty-yard stare into terror, like yeah. 
I need to feel that. Cause here's the thing. She's a very good actor. She is. So like, I know you're capable of doing that. And I just don't know why you're not. It's the lack of direction, right? Like he's not, he can't get her there, nor right. is he really explaining to her what's, what's going on. Not to mention the fact that, and we've, you know, we've sort of talked about this at length, but Lily Taylor doesn't have the experience in movies like this. So right. to be in a big studio movie where there's this much special effects and this much stuff, it takes, there's a certain type of actor that can act in those sort of circumstances. Well, I mean, it's every time you see someone who's in a Star Wars movie, they're like, it's really hard to yeah. act opposite a tennis ball. Yeah. Like, you have to be yeah. able to theatrically put yourself on that stage. And you know, you're imagining you're in a garden, but you're actually at like a theater with people sitting four right. feet away from you chewing pe- peanuts. And there's, and, and there's, it's also, it's also the director needs to be yeah. there for you too, right? Like, when we've talked about Phantom Menace, but like, it's clear that these actors are just acting to a fucking tennis ball. Yeah. He's giving them nothing. He's right. not explaining anything. He's giving them wood dialogue yeah. and there's just very little to act to my guess is that Yon DeBont's doing something pretty similar to that and it's so funny though because if you look at what like Sandra and Keanu give in Speed or what Helen Hunt and Bill yeah. give in Twister yeah. like yeah. did they just take the film and their performances into their own hands like did he have a better DP did he have a better, better AD better I mean director potentially too. right yeah. but it's like it really may point out how important those secondary and third and sure. You know, yeah. people are on a set because if yeah. you don't have a director, you can say, what's my motivation here? And he gives it to you. You have to be like, well, who else can I fucking look to? Because Liam yeah. Neeson's not talking to well, me. Well, part, part of it too is it, the, the bench, how deep the bench is in Twister. I mean, oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, you know, it's like speed. Yep, yes, totally. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Jeff Cameron, Daniels. Yeah, so yeah, many yeah. All those – like that's the thing too yeah. where – and it comes back to what you're saying. There's a lack of characters here, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just the four of them. Had Bruce Dern and whatever the fucking other person was or, or the two assistants, the one who gets injured, all those bodies right. needed to – to be milling about we needed this all to feel populated but, and but, it doesn't but it's you know why that's why it's because nobody comes to this house <laughs> in the night yeah. in the dark which is actually also a line from the book which is in the tv show and it keeps guy cool. keep coming so yeah. let me just like quick plug yeah, please please yeah, yeah so the thing that i feel like this film would have been better at doing which the tv show is very very good at doing is that's there's no like ghosts in the way there is in this film i mean there's ghosts but it's a psychological horror and a psychological torture that drives the engine of the television show. Okay. And so what they're actually trying to fix, and this film kind of does it a little bit with Lily Taylor and the mom thing, what they're actually doing in the show and in the original book, frankly, I would assume I haven't read it, is that <laughs> they're try- what they're trying to fix is like the psychological torture of their past they're trying okay. to fi- they're trying to heal themselves or trying to heal their families they're trying to heal that's cool their hearts and i mean i describe the haunting of hellas tv show as this is us but a horror movie and it's very that like i could not tell you how many times i cried watching the haunting of hill really? house okay it's very emotional it's very deep it's very psychological and so they kind of attempted to do that in the film with the Lily Taylor character, you know, that whole thing about like, sometimes I still hear my mom and I hear her banging and I've always taken like, go down that road because like you're trying to fix your, you're trying to heal yourself by taking care of these children. But like, Make us care about that. And everyone else needed a thing like that too. Absolutely. All I know about Catherine Zeta-Jones' character is she has boots. You've sold me, by the way. That's what I want out of this movie. You will love this show. I feel that way. I I felt that way throughout this movie. I'm like, what's the bigger theme here? What's the sixth sense thing here? Exactly. What's the – I just saw – I mean it's the weird weird comp, but I just saw uh, Field of Dreams – which is a ghost movie, ultimately. Yep. Yeah. I just saw it with my kids, and there's a bigger purpose to that. Yep. All these ghost movies 
have to ultimately be about something else. You are trying to fix something. You are trying to find something. You are trying to be whole. The ghost is trying to be whole. Puzzle. It has to be that. Right. There has to be some reason why the ghosts are still fucking here. Completely. Because that also makes no sense in this film because – so like not to jump ahead to the ending, but it's like she defeats the ghost by saying – I'm going to defeat you now. And then he's dead. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, she doesn't do anything. She actually doesn't, she just like stands up to him. Like that doesn't make sense. Well, I I mean, what I, what I like about that a little bit Mm -hmm. is just the notion that this, that this woman goes from being sort of spineless to finding a backbone and making a choice because she seems to sort of be choiceless throughout the, which again, it's it's a, it's a a damning thing. It's a bad choice. I'm not saying it's a good choice. I'm just, I'm saying that it's the one good thing that could possibly come from it. Sacrificing when you have nothing to sacrifice isn't all that interesting to me. Sure. Sure. I'd, I personally would rather, rather if this woman found a reason to live as opposed to, sure. You know what I mean? No, I know there's something, there's, there's a giving up quality to what's going on here. Or if I were, if I believed that there was something really waiting for her on the other side right. that was more valuable than what she has here. But really, this just kind of seems like this is shitty and I'll take the sweet release of death over what I'm dealing with. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's also – the other movie that came to mind, which I think is a better movie than this as well, is Crimson Peak. Okay. Yep. Oh. I mean, looks amazing again, but actually has something going on. It's – again – Flawed in its plotting. Yeah, its script is not Guillermo great. Del Toro too. Guillermo del Toro, Jessica Chastain, um, Mia, and I'm not going to pretend, pretend to pronounce her last Bashikoski. name. There you go. Uh, uh, Hiddleston, Hiddleston, and uh, what's his face? Jessica Chastain. Oh, what's the the guy? Uh, Hunnam. Is it Hunnam? Oh, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a breathtaking movie to look at. Yeah, uh, I would better looking than this movie. Just oh, in, sure. in the whole package. Well, of it. it's also but, weirdly. I mean, this is going to sound insane, but like it's a little bit brighter. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like one of the problems with this film is you actually can't see, see shit. a lot of what's yeah. happening. Well, because they're hiding a lot of the special effects sure. that they don't want to deal with. I'm sure. But it's better than Hill House. House on Hot Diddle, I mean. It looks, yes. That movie, you can't see <laughs> shit. That's because it's they ugly. didn't have a not, set. Yeah. Well, they didn't have a lighting director. No, they didn't have a lot of things. But what yeah, they did yeah. have is a really bad corpse of Brigitte Nielsen's body mm-hmm. chopped up in a closet. Right, isn't that her? Yes. Isn't is it, it her? Bridget? Uh, what's her name? Oh, Bridget Sam. Bridget Wilson. Bridget Sam. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Sam Harris, right. Yeah. Can't wait to do her other movie this year. What's her other movie? Love stinks with French Stewart. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> you could probably get French Stewart on for that episode. I, I think I can get everybody in that movie. I think it's Bellamy. <laughs> I, think, I think we can get that cast. Fantastic. So. That's great. Which everybody's yeah. waiting for that twenty-year reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's re- everyone's waiting by the phone. It would be Faded. the funniest thing if we did that. It we should be just literally do it. I just guarantee you, you could get. It. I think we absolutely could make that I happen. Love Bridget. Uh, no, Crimson Peak does. though also just has. I mean, it's just doing everything that this film wants to be doing. Right. This film wants to be in the past. It's not really interested in the present. Yeah. Um, there are some really virtuoso moments where the special effects and the production design are all working in concert with one another. I really love the scene, in fact, when her room comes to life and starts attacking her. Yeah. All the little kids' yeah, faces totally. on the wooden uh, on the wood posts, all that stuff. That's all really cool. But again, like that, you can't make a fucking movie right. out of that. But it is interesting. I mean, listen, there are ideas here that are good. Yeah. They're just not enough of them. Not even close. Um, there's like four. There's like four. But it's also interesting too. Wes Craven apparently was attached to this at one point, wanted sure. to redevelop it, decided to go off and do Scream instead. 
we're Thank all you. thankful for doing yeah, that, uh, for making arguably one of the greatest films that's ever been made okay. uh, that I'm wearing a shirt I was for. Just gonna say. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really strange movie that doesn't do itself any favors. No. The screenwriter, David Self, went on to do um, Road to Perdition, oh. which is interesting. Not okay. my favorite. I don't. I don't hate it though. You don't like Road to Perdition? It's come up on this podcast before, you know, because of like the the American Beauty of it all. The American Beauty of it all. Yeah. No, I think it's a really boring movie. Really? Yeah. Have you watched it recently? No, just in the theaters. It's, so, it's 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 actually better than than I give it credit for. Tom Hanks is very strangely cast yeah. in it, and that's the most damning thing about it. And it's the movie that everyone goes like, wow. Tom Hanks was a, yeah. a mobster, but what it's beautiful. Did, to look what else at. did he write? Um, 13, it's just like those are two weird days. Road to Perdition, okay. and then The Wolfman. Is, oh, the Benicio del Toro one. Yes. Oh, no, thank you. Then, Thirteen Days. People really like. Is that, that the Russell Crowe movie where Elizabeth Banks has to break him out of jail? No, or is it no but that one. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so similar. What was the Russell? There's a there's a movie where Russell Crowe's of Grace or is something there, like that. Three Days no. of the Condor. No, no, no that's, that's the Robert Redford. Else. I know what movie it is. It was the uh, Paul Haggis. The Paul Haggis. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's three, a number. It's like three days. It's It's like Elizabeth Banks has to break her husband? Question mark. Russell Crowe. Double question mark. Out of jail in three days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. And then what? I don't know. We're, this is not about It doesn't that. matter. It's but fine. by the way. I like right. movies that just say exactly what it is in the title. <laughs> walk up, like Walk Among the Tombstones. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 13 um, Days, though, is the Cuban Missile Crisis movie. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Uh, pretty, sure. pretty decent. Bruce, the, uh, Bruce oh, Greenway. my God. It's even worse than we thought. What's it called? The Next Three Days. There you go. You have the next three days to what? Uh, break your husband out of What's, the, what's the, um, the Kevin Costner movie where he's a, a hitman that also has something similar in the title where it's like – I'll look for it. Okay. Um, but either way, uh, I don't know. David Self kind of I, – I don't I don't know. I don't hate Road to Perdition. I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's beautiful to look at. Tremendous production yeah. design. Tremendous that cinematography. Was not David Self. It wasn't? We didn't do the – No, I know. I'm just, I'm just speaking <laughs> of the movie in general. I think Paul Newman's really good in it. I, I mean I think there's a lot of good – Daniel Craig is pretty – horrendously like oh, evil yeah. in it yeah, he's really yeah, yeah. good there's a lot of good stuff in it. it's just it's just and it. jude law plays this fucking terrifying guy who takes pictures he's a hitman who takes pictures of the bodies oh, afterwards this is all kind of coming back to me from the one time i saw it's it. it's like a good movie yeah. three days to kill there you go sure there you go and look you know exactly what that movie is <laughs> yeah. dream title dream title so um but either way let's we can sort of breeze through the plot we've hit most of these things but ultimately movie opens we've got uh eleanor vance nell lily taylor mom has died sister's a fucking bitch you really not uh sister-in-law no no, no this hus- husband husband okay. or no well brother yeah. brother-in-law husband whatever that word sure. is. they inherit the house they basically kick her out and tell her you know she's like but i don't i live here this is my home and they're like like, do you want to do you want to take care of this kid? Yeah. We can pay you. Uh, really horrible people, but and you mentioned this earlier. Uh, that set's beautiful. Yeah, that photography, that shot of her mother's bedroom yeah. with, with the, the with r- the with willowing, the yeah. all that stuff. You're just like, there's nah. cool shit here. There's Rolling. cool like gothic kind of horror shit. I mean, and that you're still hopeful at that point. You are. It's so early. You know, like you're like so this, early. this could be going somewhere. Could be. Uh, now receives a phone call about insomnia study played uh, with David Morrow, uh, doctor at the Hill House, a secluded manor in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts. She agrees to enter this this uh, clinical study. This phone call comes real fast, real quick, like. They're there, and I get it. Like, get them to the fucking house as quickly as possible. But, but. also, like, looking back on that phone call, right? We obviously yeah. only hear one end of it. Yeah. And so she picks up the phone. She's like, "Hello, yeah. the what?" And then she opens her paper, <laughs> and, and there's like a there's an ad yeah. in the you know in the ad section. Paper. 
Thank yeah, you. Classified. That says, yeah, classified. That's the word I wanted. Yeah. This is like sleep study. Come here. I'm like, so what did that phone call sound like? And who did she think she was getting it from? <laughs> <laughs> There's also someone like, called her and goes, "Have you seen the paper today?" And she goes, "What's that paper?" paper? Like, be like, is this a, is this a, is this a ghost calling me again? <laughs> no, this isn't a ghost. <laughs> okay, I believe you, sir. But like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what a weird like deus whatever I yes, keep saying. Gonna, yeah, yeah, to like make her get there. It's like, it's also couldn't you just walk down the street and see a sign on a pole? Like, know, why does she have to get a call from a ghost? I know, like I like, like you know, there's some quote somewhere that like coincidences at the beginning are great, coincidences at the end are you yeah. know disaster. Yeah. And I will generally accept any premise, right? Because I'll believe anything happened once. Not this, <laughs> not I mean, the ghost call. No, but I, I want to say this too, which is there's something about the tone of a movie mm-hmm. with a ghost call and a newspaper yeah. and it's it's very much of its yes. period yeah. and that's part of why Crimson Peak works and this movie doesn't which is it's going for broke on sort of the soapy mm-hmm. sweeping silliness of a horror movie from the 30s or right. 40s yeah. which I would have been game for totally. but again it's a tonal issue where it's Yonda Bond doesn't want to make that movie I'll although he probably should but I don't like movies well, then you shouldn't host this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't or, like movies. Or I should. <laughs> um, I don't like movies where ghosts use one piece of technology yeah. once. Yeah. Like, I don't like the, the all ghosts, or nothing with Kevin. These ghosts should not know how to use the phone. So, if they know how to use the phone, they should not use all modern technology. Yes. This is my big problem with the ring. I hate that this ghost knows how to make a video. <laughs> it's ridiculous to me. Well, to I that point, are that's you- what happens in the ring, though. The, like, no, she the, does. No, the ghost is not like at like a like an avid editor, Someone like putting. Did. But like the ghost, it's her. The ghost spirit was put onto a tape or yeah. something. Right? No, and she just wanted it. Re- it's like so, she did, she never held a camcorder, put it up, and then climbed in the well and climbed out of the well. This was the ghost's plan. Okay, this is how you beat the ring. This is how you beat the ring. Beat the ring. I don't know how the ghost got on the VHS tape. But you beat the ring by copying the Correct. VHS tape. That's Correct. True. So her goal was just to make yeah, a bunch I mean, of copies yeah, of yeah. a VHS tape. It's, true. it's an STD metaphor. Didn't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> to Kenny's point, I would have bought more that we've got Lily Taylor. She's sitting at the coffee table. The wind, wind blows, blows in yeah. and she letter. sees the fu- – not even that. The wi- oh, ghost. Sure. Ghost blows the fucking paper sure. open. She sees it. Ooh. <laughs> And then she, and that's how, like, ghost sure. voice is better than Olivia Hiller's scream. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like you do some weird thing where it's like the window opens and like a glass falls over and the wine covers everything yes. but, but that the thing, one at, sure. like, make it over the top, that's fine. But like, why the hello, call? A phone call, hello. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, so then we meet Mr. and Mrs. Dudley, played by Bruce Dern and Miriam uh, Salades, sure. uh, strange pair of caretakers, and the two other participants, Luke Sanderson, played by Owen Wilson, and Theodora, played by Catherine Zeter-Jones. The first scene between Nell and Theodora is – Sanderson is very close to my son's name. It's true. Luke Somerset. Uh, and I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. There's an odd charge to the scenes I, between Catherine Zeta-Jones and I think Catherine Zeta-Jones chose to make her character a lesbian and told nobody. That's what it feels like I, a little bit, right? I think so. I mean there's – listen. There's, I, think, I think what they're trying to get at, which happens a couple of times, is that – Nell is doesn't like to be touched. She's very closed off. She's yeah. sort of impersonal. Whereas Theo is like very gregarious and over the top, which is actually a little bit of the Theo character in the TV show as okay. well. Um, and I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to show you that just the like the trauma that she suffered has really made her so yeah. internal. But it is weird that she's like 
just decided, I mean, like she says that thing about like my boyfriend and my girlfriend. So like, she's like, I'm bisexual. I'm so edgy. It's 1999. We can do that now. Um, <laughs> but it's an odd choice. It's a little bit it's odd. It's an odd choice. Well, cause there's just, there's a, there's a, I agree with you that like, that Nell feels very closed off. She feels very sort of like introverted. Again, these are all th- tough qualities in a fucking lead in your movie. Totally. Like yeah. she's not, it's all just hard, but I like the choices that Catherine Zeta-Jones is making. I think they have some interesting connection. It does sort of it, – it toggles between being sisters and perhaps something more. Right. But then you've also got Owen Wilson hitting on her. It's all weird. You know who would have actually actually nailed this role? Lily's role? Nev Campbell. Love it. Yeah, sure. Love it. Yeah, she, yeah, she would have been great. Because when you're saying yeah. in, that introverted doesn't like to be touched, yeah, that's right. who she is in that movie. She's very yeah. quiet. She's, yeah. Yeah. she's very internal. She's being chased the whole movie. She's amazing in that movie. She's she amazing. Was she was a little bit – she was busy filming Scream 2 at the time. She, she was. Uh, oh, no. Scream, oh, Scream 3. Scream 3. Before. three yep. She was shooting Scream 3. So she wasn't that busy. Uh, and she did Wild Things right before this too, right? Yeah, 98. Yeah, 98. She would have been. I mean, look, this movie sucks. So, like, she would never like. Right. You know, let's not let's not put this she, on. Lit. She would never lower her fault to yeah, a horrible make, movie like not, this. Nev would never. But um, she would have been much better. Oh, absolutely. She, she could have sold all of these. Well, well, ta- well, you want to talk about like putting a camera close up on someone's face as yeah. they're experiencing fear and believing it? Like Nev Campbell yeah, is incredible at that. There's so much behind her eyes in every Scream movie, even four, which I can't even get talk about. I think Kenny's a fan of Scream Love Scream Four. How do you rank them? Uh, yeah. One, two, four, three, but that's not really fair. It's like, like there's one, a huge two, four, gap between no, one. One I think is a masterpiece. Yeah. Two I think is really great. Yeah. Four I think is better than good. Mm-hmm. Three I think is borderline unwatchable. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Which ones? Can you remember me at three? Yeah, Who is this? Parker Posey. Oh right. Okay. So yeah. I basically I yeah. go one, two. Parker Posey's scenes in Scream 3. Fair. I get that. Hayden <laughs> Panettiere's one monologue in Scream 4. She's very good in that. Then Scream 3 <laughs> and Scream 4. Uh, Scream Four bothers me. I can okay. So here's a yeah. Why not? I don't want to. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get. No, please. Get, go, 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 go. Yeah. So my problem with Scream Four is that there's no world which we should have escaped from this franchise with all three of those main characters still alive. Dewey or Gale absolutely should have died in the fourth film because it makes no sense. Fifth, that doesn't bother. Me. Second of all, <laughs> the movie is dumb. Um, <laughs> The scene when Anthony Anderson gets stabbed in the head and then walks down the street to die annoys me to no end. Because you're either going to be that that death belongs. You've, see, in, you've seen this more than I have. That, <laughs> well, Scream, Scream is the franchise that I have the most affinity for. I do. I love Scream so much. Um, the, to me, that all of that Anthony Anderson stuff belonged tonally in Scream Three, which was much more over the top. The fact that Jenny McCarthy is even in that movie is whatever. Uh, but what's interesting is, so I interviewed Kevin Williamson, who obviously created this beautiful world, sure. uh, for the following, and he told me, "Do you guys know the story about like why Scream Three is so bad?" No, please. So basically, he wrote he wrote his version of Scream Three. Yeah, uh-huh. gave it to. Aaron we who not speak his name. Yeah. Uh, is, is that who we don't speak? Oh, no. Oh, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Harvey- Aaron Kruger too, man. Oh, that guy sucks. Uh, totally. <laughs> okay. Even not as much as, how do you really feel about Aaron Kruger? <laughs> as much as Harvey I mean, Weinstein. Well, we, we did our LinkedIn road already on we this did. podcast. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so Kevin turns in a script. Harvey hates it. Basically he's like, you're fired. Brings Aaron Kruger in, just says, write exactly this. So Kevin never wanted that whole brother thing to be part of the mythology of this film. Yeah. Decade later, comes back for four. His intention was his script for Scream 4 was the Scream 3 script that he originally had turned in. So in his mind, he says that the first film is about trauma. The second film is about confronting your trauma. And the third film, which is Scream in his mind, which is Scream 4, is the the trauma comes back to haunt you through 
like repercussions. So basically like the Emma Roberts character was always the plan. Like everything. Huh. So like that, so those three films, one, two, and four are actually some amalgamation of Kevin's true trilogy. Huh. And Scream 3 is sort of like this weird outlier that Aaron Kruger wrote, but that Parker Posey character is my favorite thing in the whole world. Jennifer Jolie. Oof, I love She's her. awesome. Oh, I agree with so that. Good. I really need to watch uh, two, three, and four again. Uh, three, three actually could have been a great movie. You can see what they're doing totally. there. Could have been a lot of fun. It's it's very self referential. It's yes. very inside baseball. As it should it's, be. Totally. Yeah. Like the filming of the movie, and then she's in the movie. Like the scene when she when uh, Sydney comes to L.A. and ends up on the set in her old house, Love it. and then has That's the exact same fight and goes like that is inspired, right? Yes. But like, what else? What I know? Like the other things just don't. Actually well, the Roman stuff is awful. Terrible. And yeah, so that stuff all sucks. I, what I want to say about Scream 4 that I love so much is the way it, uh, Trojan horse mm-hmm. a Nev Campbell protagonist into a movie where you didn't think she was a protagonist. Do you know what I mean? You thought mm-hmm. Emma Roberts was a protagonist mm-hmm. yep, the whole yep, movie. Yep. And you thought that was your final right. girl the totally. whole movie. And you didn't realize if you look back at the movie, you actually were final girling with yep. Nev Campbell the entire movie. It's brilliant in that way. It's, and totally like took me off guard. I mean, and also Emma Roberts owes her entire career at this point to that role because basically that bitch she yeah. reveals herself to be at the end is what her everything. entire career has been yeah. through Ryan Murphy's like, you know, Pantheon. I mean, yeah. that's what she got in Coven. Then she went into Scream Queens and like Scream her Queens whole thing at, now yeah. is that. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that film, I don't think anyone would have known she had that in her besides people who probably know her. The end. Yeah. <laughs> no question. <laughs> but, but that, that, that turn at the end is really kind it's of great. inspired it's, to It's me, really so, good. Yeah. And it also and it totally got me. I totally. didn't see it coming. I didn't either. Okay. It, cause it also flips the first film on its head in mm-hmm. terms of like the boyfriend doing this to the girlfriend yeah. and now you have the girlfriend doing, you know what I mean? So like that's all fun and that's great. But like that weird scene where like everyone's wearing like cameras on their heads and like, like some of that shit just like does not work for it, me. It feels so like think somebody that, was kind of like paranormal activity this up a little bit. A little, maybe. Which kind of bothered me. Maybe. But. I mean, I like I even the scene when the dorky kid who has the camera on his head has it turned backwards and so you're seeing uh, Ghostface come at him, but like you can't because he's but like that's cool in theory, right? Mm-hmm. But like you're accepting the principle that this kid wears a camera on his head all the time, which yeah. no one does. Do we think that it's a dead franchise now? Scream, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, there's the third season of the TV show, right? Then, I so I was just talking about this with my friends the other day because they're rebooting Craft, the Craft, which yes, I'm. Yes, yes. Optimistic about because Zoe Lister Jones is writing yes, it. Yes, I think yes, she's yes. super talented. I, she, I, I loved Band Aid. Lo- and I think yeah. so. I think she'll have an interesting take mm-hmm. on that sort of female empowerment, yeah. witchy kind of world. I just, I feel like there's nothing, you don't have anything new to say about Scream. You just really yeah. don't, in my opinion, right? And the only reason you should remake or reboot a film or a franchise is if you have something new to say. The, the series, I kind of feel like it exists in a different thing because season one and two, it's not actually Ghostface. It's just a killer. So they're yeah. using the name. The third season, apparently it is Ghostface. So I'm curious to see what sitting. that's like. It's been sitting for a long, long time. Long time. <laughs> well, Weinstein produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Understandably sitting there. So I'm firmly in the do not make any more Scream movies, but I also didn't want Scream 4. Like, right. I, and I'm, I'm Scream 1 and Scream 2 are probably two of my favorite films of all time. Scream right. 1 particularly, I've seen it. Over 150 times. Like, right. I just, I love it. I have to. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I, I can't turn it off whenever no, it's on. No, of course not. And anytime I come, it's great, right? It's great. Like, Gail is great in that movie. Dewey is great in that movie. Sydney yeah. is great in that movie. It's just, it reminds me that it's so easy to forget what is so special about characters when they get into multiple movies because you lose the specialness of the originality. Like, I was rewatching Austin Powers the other day for the first time in a long time. The first one? The first one. That movie is actually fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's, it is. The first one's great. 
an incredible comedic premise, but then gold member got insane and then everyone started imitating it. And so you forget how powerful the originality is of that first thing when it is actually the first thing. And then you get the second film and a third film and a fourth film and they become caricatures of themselves in some way. I guess it's just, I mean, it really comes down to like, is there a way to reinvent it? Like it's such a self-referential movie and it it changed all of that. Like Kevin Williamson birthed a whole, I mean, I can't even endless things that are, that are self-aware to a certain degree. I just don't know if there's, I, I, I think there is. Like, I think it's, it's, why does it have to be scream? Is I guess my point. Why does it have to be the the guy with the ghost mask calling? Why can't it just be a new horror movie that you invent your own thing about? Like, that's my thing. That's fair. It'd be wonderful. People are afraid to do that these days. I know. One thing about the Austin Power thing that I kind of want to mention. Austin Powers is a, um, is a victim of its own success. Absolutely. So if, if the second movie or the third movie, really the second movie, if it just kind of was a dud, I think we would look back at the first and say, God, that was brilliant. Kind of the way we do with Anchorman. Mm -hmm. Nobody even acknowledges there was a second one. Totally. We just thought, oh, there was I actually like the second one. Well, it's fine if you do. Right. But just by and large, just we're not not talking about it. Yes, no, I agree. We're talking about it. And, And Ron Burgundy, it wasn't so successful that Ron Burgundy became kind right, of this exhausting. Right. Well, they waited too long, probably. I imagine. Right. And there are a few other movies. I was, I can't remember what it was, but I was thinking of another movie today that, that I mean, Speed's a kind of a similar yeah. situation. Yeah. No one even, right. You know, no one talks about it. You don't acknowledge but it's, it. It's kind of, so for another analogy, because I completely agree with you and whatever, but like Arrested Development. No, no like, yes. if you're a fan of Arrested Development one through three, you don't even talk about the last Netflix two seasons. Things, yeah, I'm sorry, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. you, you just don't. It's a it's yeah. a totally different quality of everything. Yeah. No one has an affinity for seasons four and five the no. way you do for one and two. And a well, little it's bit, a little bit of the Gilmore Girls thing too. I don't think anybody yeah, no, no. really talks about the oh, Will and Grace. You know, Will and Gra- Any of these we talked a little bit about this yeah, this totally. idea of of you know we we talked at length about Friends recently. Yeah. But, but if Will and Grace were a successful zeitgeisty show yes, right now, yes. It may taint what happened in the 90s Correct. and 2000s. Correct. And I think that kind of uh, – to, to your point, I think that kind of happened with Scream. Yeah. Now, people still talk about Scream being brilliant, but, but I think people are just enough of I uh, agree. Well, that's yeah. why I'm really yeah. curious. I was a huge Veronica Mars fan and yes. I'm, ve- I'm, I'm literally the biggest Veronica I'm, Mars fan. I'm so – I'm bigger I, than you. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about these new episodes yeah. because the movie didn't do it for me. Yeah. I don't hate the movie. I just rewatched it the other week. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's not what it's I want. It's fan service. It's very – so I'm – I don't I, need I, to be serviced. That's right. not what I liked about no, the show. I totally. don't want any service. At all. I want to fucking – Just make it great. Yeah. Make it great. But like I guess what I'm wondering is like what does Rob have to say about this character now that that warrants bringing her back? I'm cautiously optimistic. Me too. I, I will say this. Me too. I have not been really taken with the marketing no. materials thus far. Well, it's – So so they don't know what they're doing. It's Well, but even just the trailer. I, I watched the trailer and I was like – Okay, I mean, I'm going to be here. I'm going to watch it because yeah. I'm a huge fan. Okay, oh, Kenny's shaking. I am going to watch it, <laughs> but I'd much rather go to yeah. fucking soap opera, soap net, and watch the run of the beginning. Completely. I think that the first two seasons of that show are brilliant. The best. It's, They're so good. The first season of Veronica Mars is probably a perfect season. Of I, I think it's close it is. to a perfect season of television, totally agree. especially Absolutely for agree. the first season of a show. Yes. It always because it's always it's that Buffy thing. It's yeah. like season one is good, but season two is yeah. it right yeah. to get it so right in the first season is yeah. actually incredible. And I also think season two is incredible too. I think I, about season two all the time because season one's so perfect, yeah. but the way they also laid in season two yeah. in season one yeah. is so brilliant. Now they didn't have anything for season three, and the network got involved. And right. It was a mess. Yeah, um, and I really don't like season three. Like I find it almost unwatchable. It's, yeah, I mean the, the it's the rape storyline and then the. 
Dean season, being killed, right? The what? The, the season three? Yeah. No, season three is broken into oh, the other rape storyline. Yes. 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 Not, Sorry. The, not the Veronica. No, no, no. no. The yes, one, yes, right? It's yes. the other. The girls get her head shaved. Yes. You're right. yes. I didn't love it, but I was still in the char- like in loving the characters. And so I was like, I just want to watch them. I'll watch them do anything. And then I think I stopped feeling that way. I would love to feel that way again. I think it was a little bit of the, um, it got swept up in the rebranding because this is the CW's yep. first season of its. Yep. Uh, existence and Veronica's in its third season yep. and they wanted to re- like I just even remember the posters I remember they changed the yep. credit sequence yep. it's not really what it's, happened it's not really no, what happened it's not really what happened well, what happened was the show didn't do well on UPN no I, yeah the show was the show was Bare, like, like, it was nothing, re- nothing to do well on UPN. It was one of the worst, sh- it was one of the worst rated shows on TV. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it was like second from the bottom yeah. every week, right? Yes. Yeah. And it, but it was one of the only shows UPN ever did that had any kind of critical mm. praise, yep, yep. but it had this enormous critical praise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when they merged those two networks together, they decided to give it a chance and put it next to Gilmore yeah, Girls, right. which was a WB show. Yeah. But they didn't have the courage of their convictions yeah. to actually let Veronica Mars be Veronica Mars. Yeah. So they did this insane thing where they had four fucking standalone episodes in the middle that had nothing to do with the yeah. serialized mythology, mm-hmm. which is what that show is about. Yep. On top of that, they did something with the tone to that show that's that's clear from the first yeah. episode yep. of this show. The first episode of that season where you're like, we are no yeah, longer not, yeah. in Neptune. Well, that, I yeah. think we're, we're saying the same thing, yeah. but I, I absolutely agree with you that like it changed. The show didn't feel like it felt. And to your point, they did these like mini mysteries. They yeah, did these they did. arcs that were just that that felt so network Nokia. Un, yeah, just so didn't network. like the show. Veronica Mars always did, but it never, but it always it informed the bigger arc, yeah, which yeah. is part of the brilliance yeah. of that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It. Did nothing ever stood alone on that show. Yeah. So to have these things that had nothing to do with the bigger arc and the big arc, the bigger arc sucked. They were the other thing that was so great about the show to kind of bring it back to the haunting was it always mattered to Veronica. Yep. Her three fucking mysteries. My best friend was killed. I was raped. My mom went away. Right. Like that's what you're trying yep. to figure out on this yeah. show. I mean, listen, I, I, I like to think that Rob and co won't go back to the well for no good reason. I hope that he has a story to tell. It's only eight episodes. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, I think that he feels hopefully similarly to the way a lot of the fans of the show feel about the movie, which is that CBB could have been better, yeah. you know, and, and, and maybe there's more to tell, more story to tell. Who knows? We'll see. I, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm optimistic because I don't yeah. know if you guys watch iZombie, but iZombie is like basically iZombie. Zombie Veronica Mars. Sure, yeah. And it's actually really good. And so yeah, I, I tapped mean, out when the big change I, I happened. I did too. I did too. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched it in like two seasons. I watched three but, seasons of it and yeah, really liked it. But like, so I know he's still capable of doing exactly what you're talking about, which is having the season long arc with little B and C storylines that feel solo and totally unrelated, but all ladder up into the larger structure of the season. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see. Everything about it. I mean, I mean this with all my heart. Outside of human beings, Veronica Morris is the thing I care most about in the world. <laughs> Let's see about Buffy. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, like, it's, it's, when it's not done the way that I, I think it's supposed to be done, it affects me so strongly. Oh. Like, the movie actually upset me watching it. Like, I remember I watched the first night. I was like, with my wife, I'm like, you gotta watch this. My favorite fucking show. I, ne- I didn't like, I haven't put her in front of Veronica Mars for like 25 episodes. And it just was sucked. Yeah. And like, I hope the Hulu thing is good, but like, the bar in my head it's is so, so high. fucking yeah. high. I agree. I agree. The good news is, like, uh, unlike this ridiculous like Ghostbusters reboot stuff, where people are like you're ruining my childhood, you can't ruin this for me. No, 
Like if you think like Ghostbusters oh. with Melissa McCarthy can ruin Bill Murray's right. Ghostbusters, you didn't love Ghostbusters. Completely. But like you can't ruin this for me. But still like – The thing is like the movie doesn't make me love the show less. It just makes me mad the movie's not better. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going into it with cautious optimism. Oh, right. I'm hoping that they have something here. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so just to get back to the haunting, oh, just right. to wrap it up, just to wrap up <laughs> no, the haunting. No, no, we're not, this is the Veronica Mars podcast. We went there. I'm so happy. This is the new Veronica Mars podcast. One of the things that I do like, and I mentioned this earlier, which is there is something interesting in the idea of Lily's character wanting to die for the souls of some tortured children. Sure. Like I buy that Lily Taylor right. in that circumstance would be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll die for these tortured young children. <laughs> like there's something yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly right. That's, that's been the, big, the bigger problem, but she and finally, someone wanted her. Was, I, I think there's also, I, I think children. <laughs> dead children, but I think there's, <laughs> there is something to what you're saying in terms of, it gives her, a, it gives her something, a mission, yeah. a goal, yeah. something that she hasn't had throughout the course of this. All the great pedophiles looking at being yeah. like, stop saying great pedophiles. <laughs> so, uh, then we have fucking Luke Wilson's head being torn off by the, the lion. Awesome. Um, Nell's actual death is super cheesy and not well done. Unfortunately, that special effects of like her screaming out a face in sheet. Like I, here's the thing. If you're going to make an enormous ghost character, right? Yeah. At least make him in a way where I can understand what I'm looking at. I, at no point during this film and it's the whole movie. Yeah. Every single time you see like a small something floating up the sheets or like something's in the way, like I can never make heads or tails of what I'm looking at. So nothing can be scary if you don't know what it is. It's a big blob and it's the same problem that House on Haunted Hill has, which is they go go CG bullshit and it becomes this swarm of like, you don't know what you're watching. I'm so surprised how much better I think House of Haunted Hill is. (laughs) Comparison to this. We just had a podcast where we just shit all over it. Yeah, we did. It is so much better than this. It it weirdly is, but I stand by what I what I what I was saying earlier, which is that I just wish it had more money if these movies were inverted and you were just able to sort of have the campiness of that mixed with a real budget. And and that's it. Here's the thing. I actually don't think that House on Haunted Hill is a better movie. I think it's more fun to watch. It's a better experience. It's a better experience. That opening scene when they're in the elevator that turns out to not be an elevator with Lisa Lowe. So cool. And James (laughs) Marsden. It's the weirdest thing. It's so insane. How did that it's weird like spike it's is so the cameraman weird. it's yeah very, it's uh, a very strange but, moment. It's, but like that concept right yes. that's fucking fun to watch yes, like totally and you get jeffrey rush's character immediately because like yeah. i like to fuck with people and that is what gives me joy yeah. so when you bring that through the entire movie yeah. it's awesome I totally agree if they made liam neeson a little more like that i think it could have actually well, this helped. is why this is why i'll I think Liam could have gone there too. Totally. I just think that he's so hemmed in. He doesn't want to know what the fuck he's doing there. No one's you having know, fun. No one's helping. It's, it's not good. There's so, no fun to be had in this no, movie. No one's fun. having fun in this movie. No one. I think House on Haunted Hill didn't need much more of a budget to get closer to this. They made the choice to set that entire movie in the creepy basement. It's true. They could, <laughs> the basement's could, wild. There are, there are, there are a hundred thousand houses in this country. Yeah. Yes. That look like, that, that look gothic so that brings it bring the kids in and are basically half abandoned yeah they could have shot it anywhere anywhere for and it wasn't nothing it was like a 30 million dollar movie it wasn't yeah it wasn't nothing 
So it's uh, listen. I think that the, both of these movies have fatal flaws to a certain degree, yeah, yeah. Um, but some are, are more fatal than others. I guess is what it comes down to. Which is the end of House at Hot to Tell, where they like where the, where the house the gave him the check. The house gave him the check, <laughs> and then they're just stuck on a fucking tower. I'm like, how do they get off that ledge? It is weird. Yeah, there's they're no gonna, chemistry between the pay, two of them. They're gonna have to pay the helicopter pilot that it's money to get much. off the ledge. It's it's insane. fucking. It's insane. Right. But you know what? Ali Larder. So the very last beat of this movie really is strange. So the very the, the last scene is Bruce Dern shows back up in the morning. He says to Liam Neeson, "Did you find what you wanted to know, Doctor?" And then upbeat circus music plays over the As fucking credits, like a long, this slow crazy long like out. chopper and shot. Just like standing there, why isn't he like? Where are the five other people who came here with yeah, you? Where's everybody? Actually, they knew. They knew they're all. And Catherine Zeta Jones was just like, I don't. It was just very yeah. strange. There's these vacant looks on their face. I, I, and the the ending in particular is what makes me think they were doing rewrites on the day they must because have. there's so many moments that feel totally out of whack with everything that we've sort of seen. Yep. There's no emotional through line that is like consistent. No. Um, and that like, but like, there's so when you think about the film like overall. Yeah. That's what really stands out to me. It's like wildly inconsistent. The scenes where like Lily Taylor is like having an emotional, like, and then Owen Wilson is yeah. putting, pe- I don't know. It's I, all just a big it's mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. And I don't know whose fault it is. So I'm going to decide it's everyone's. It, I mean, you, you, it, I, truthfully, you kind of have to blame everybody yeah. because at a certain point, Somebody. you're seeing dailies, you're seeing cuts of this thing. I mean, and, and I hate to say this again because I do feel like I say this a lot, or at least I felt like I said it on Simon Says, but there's just a part of me where it's like, <laughs> or at least Simon Says. Um, well, m- maybe it's not even, it doesn't even apply to that movie so much, but like a script was fucking written and you read that yeah. script and you greenlit it and yeah. you said, here's $80 million right. to make it. Yeah. You have to see these flaws. These are fundamental bearing wall issues where these characters have no connections to one another. These are all like big problems. And it does feel like this is emblematic of big studio filmmaking sometimes where it's just like the trains left the station. We got to fucking start shooting. We'll figure it out. We'll do rewrites as we get, as we go along. I mean, the fact that they had $80 million for this, the fact that fucking the house on haunted Hill was a $30 million movie. Like that's insane to me also. Like that's, that's too much money. (laughs) That's, that's too much money. Like yeah, there's like yeah. unless 28 million of that went to Jeffrey Rush, like that's yeah. too much money. Well, it's interesting too because we're talking about a time too where digital wasn't where it needed to be, right? Yet, right? Yeah. So your your film stocks, yep. film cameras, all this stuff is exceedingly more expensive. True. So today, because of it was a, it was a 19 million dollar movie. Okay. Still very still expensive. Still expensive. Still. But I do think that like you look at the what Blair Witch gave us, oh, which okay. is the found footage movie, which all ultimately, you know, then turns into the paranormal activity right. movie and all these sort of things. Where Chronicle. Chronicle. So Let's not talk about Max Landis. Let's just not talk about Max Landis. But I do think you that like the way Josh Trank came out hard against yeah, hard against yeah. it. Well, yeah. you have to, he's trash. He's yeah. He, no, but it was he is Forky it, is. But it was a good move. Much better than Forky. I mean, yes. very very fair. Didn't you, you have a Forky thing you wanted to say before we got a mic? I can't remember what it was. No, now. I just uh, love Forky so much. Yeah, Forky is the best. Speaking forever. briefly about who you and not. Have you ever? Did you ever watch the show Difficult People? Yes. Julie Klausner has an amazing Max Landis yeah, joke in there. I remember that. What, the yeah, what is it? Yeah, that is Dave. D- uh, it's no John Landis. John Landis. Yeah. She goes. What do you think John Landis is more upset about? That he accidentally decapitated that guy, or has gave birth to Max Landis? <laughs> There was um, he killed people on set. Literally, yeah. did killed you, people. Did you guys yeah. see the uh, the tweet about that? the tweet that you thought should have shut down Twitter? It was the best tweet of all time. Oh, the helicopter so, parent. This is what happens when you have the ultimate <laughs> helicopter parent. It's really good. It I mean, like, it's just like I'm like it's over. <laughs> yeah. He said it to me. He's like, we're done now, right? We don't we don't have to, we don't have to do this anymore, right? <laughs> that was no. Twitter's series finale. <laughs> 
honestly, what good? Yeah, I'm seriously, fine. we can actually. Take um, this it's it's amazing. Um, so oh, yeah, we well, can take the platform down. Yeah, I'm all set now. Well, yeah, we we absolutely can. Uh, let's do the. You want to rate this yes, zero to ninety nine? Okay. Right. So did you you saw it in ninety nine? I saw it in ninety nine. Have not seen it in right. I mean, I saw it in ninety nine when I was. What would four. you say you get? Um, Let's not laugh too hard. Um, I mean, I feel like I remember hating it. Like I definitely, sure. I always sure. thought it was bad. So I would probably say, like <laughs> at that time, like like a forty. Like, okay, like somewhere like like yeah. less than half. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay, not to keep bringing back to this, I swear to God. But like having seen through the TV show what is capable of making with this source material. Yeah. I want to give this movie like. A 19, just because it decapitates Owen Wilson. <laughs> sure, and, sure. And actually, wait, it decapitates Owen Wilson. I really like that first scene in the house uh-huh. with the with the sister. Yeah. And I think there is so much hope in what the film could be in the scene when Catherine Zeta-Jones and Lily Taylor first meet and are running through the house and discovering all the different rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, right. there's a, there's a sense stuff. of fun to that. There, It's, like, lively. Yeah, You're seeing, yeah. like... So, like, there was... I still was hopeful as a yeah, person. yeah. Um, so those three scenes, I'll give it a 19. Uh, so that's a 19, just full stop, basically. Out of 99, 99 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I feel great about Not it. Not a 19 and a half. Yeah. I, the full stop is bizarre. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, no, I just meant, I, it was the pre-podcast, post-podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, right. No, he went 40. Yeah, well, oh, I, I, I had, I, my opinion hadn't changed since I saw it. So we're going 40. That's I thought it was going to be somewhere in there. dropped down to a 19. And dropped down to a 19 after watching it. Never saw this movie before. Before the podcast, I gave it a 22. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, man, I'm way too high on this. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at my scores. Like, mm. I really, truly hated this movie. Um, it's hard to get much lower than a 22, but I am going to go lower than a 22. Uh, over the course of the podcast, I started thinking it's about a 17. Okay. Almost nothing redeeming about this movie. Okay. Um, and I think that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to land on 17. You know, I, I also want to shout out Keith Ellison on Twitter. Sure. The person who put together our letterboxed. Yes. Now I'm very cognizant of where this will land in my letterboxed for the. the yeah, I'm cognizant of some of mine now too. I, Kenny brought it up to me and was like, some of these don't feel like it's just tough because, like, in the moment you can get a little bit caught up. And sure. these these ratings are whatever these ratings are. For me, they're for me they're. I don't very put as much. Th- they've always uh, been finding social content. They're not. Yes. They're not as important to me. But uh, I think this would put this in the bottom ten for me, maybe the bottom five, and I think that's appropriate. The, like this movie sucks. This movie sucks. I, I gave this movie more than I should have before we sat down. I'm gonna Roger podcast. Ebert this because I'm gonna be so no, mad. If you're I, like, I, it's I, a piece of shit. Seventy seven. <laughs> that was weird. Wow. That was very weird. That was like three stars. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> so was pretty be- exciting. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a number one to ninety nine. I Roger Ebert no. gave this film a fifty coming into this podcast. 50. Okay, that's fair. I wasn't. I it was for me. It was like recommending. I that recommendation line is tricky for me because there is stuff in this film that I think is worth worth watching. I think the production design. You did Roger Ebert this one? Well, no. Roger Ebert gave a fucking three and a half, three stars out of four. So. I, but obviously over the course of this podcast, I've seen, I've seen the error of my ways. Yeah. Uh, I'm down to a 20. Whoa. That's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty steep drop. Yeah. I feel like if you had started, you wouldn't have said 20. If you'd been the first one of us <laughs> yeah. to talk, you wouldn't have said 20. <laughs> I'm down to a 20 now because it does feel like it's, there's very little to redeem this yeah. film. It's, it's just, there's just not a lot of good 50 here. down to a 20. You are dropping. Um, 
It's, it is one of the worst movies we've done. And also, uh, it deserves to be in the bottom. Yep. The bottom 10 because it is an $80 million movie. Truly. Directed by the guy that did Speed and Twister. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, when, when Roger Ebert, and I don't know if we're going to do this at some point, but Ebert, uh, and I believe it was, oh, it was Joel Siegel, did the worst of 99. Yeah. They have a rule. They always did the worst of the year every year. And yeah, the, yeah. the rule is, uh, no shitting on small movies. Sure. Right? Only shit on the big budget movies. Okay. So Interesting rule. that's why yeah. – well, no, because yeah. – Especially, it's not a lot of fun to pick on the little guy. Especially like indie film and then. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's literally like one person with a Kodak yeah. camera, like hoping it comes out. Yeah. It's Julian Donkey Boy, um, <laughs> which is in my top 10 for the year. Yeah, no, absolutely is. Um, so this and Chill Factor and Story of Us and Bicentennial Man, those yeah. are the movies that we really should, yeah, be, should just call it out for the pieces of garbage they are. Totally. Uh, so next week, we are doing something we've never done before. Oh, on this okay. on this podcast, uh, we are doing uh, the season four finale of or season five, I think it is. Might be five. I hope I should probably know what that is. I think it was four. What I, I think it was four. We're doing the season four finale of Friends. We are doing the two part finale where everyone goes. The gang goes to Vegas. The one where they go the to the one in Vegas. Oh, the one in Vegas. The That's one right. in Vegas. Uh, we've got a, a great guest, uh, Tia Napolitano, is coming on. One of the one of the writers on Station Nineteen and Grey's and Scandal, and she's amazing. And we talked for. Two and a half hours about Friends, and it was fantastic. It was awesome. It if you was like Friends. You're gonna love this episode. Don't like Friends? You can. You shouldn't be friends with us. Boondock Saints. <laughs> no, Boondock Saints coming around the corner. Uh, Jared, what are your thoughts on Friends? Whew, um, be careful. They literally pay your salary. <laughs> sure. uh, million dollars. I actually am a. I'm a big Friends fan. I really like Friends. I think that it's very. I think Friends I, – I wished Friends didn't get as popular as it did because I feel like the last half of it is almost yeah, a great. victim of its own success kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But like if you look at like seasons one through like – Five. Four, yeah. It's really funny. It's really I mean listen. Looking back, it's extremely homophobic. It's borderline racist all the time. It's extreme <laughs> – no, it is. It's very I mean, dated. It's very, yeah, it's yeah, very dated yeah. and it's very white privilege at 100%. all times. Yeah, that yeah. said, I think – all six of them are doing some really incredible comedic acting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some really great writing going on on that show. I mean, if you look at the episode where Joey, Chandler, Ross, and Rachel fight over the apartment over, when they play that game. It's the best episode. Kenny's favorite it's, episode. Like, it's, I wish you were on this. <laughs> It's, it's, well, it's called the one. It's called the one with the embryos. Yeah, because Phoebe's getting their official insemination while the other five of them are terrible doing that. title for right. the best episode. Yeah. in the but show's run. It's it's a genius concept to build an episode around. Yes. And so, to me, like the writing was amazing, the acting was amazing. I wish they had like knew like one black person. Yeah, Emily Vanderwerf was on talking was. about uh, the Matrix. Talking about the Matrix. Oh yeah, and she made the point that I mean, it's it was very homophobic, borderline racist gleefully transphobic very much so which is ironic yeah. you know wait you're talking about the matrix no 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 no, 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 no. Oh, friends no 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 no, no. the matrix hey, is the matrix not... is not yes. gleefully transphobic okay because i was like i was like okay very transphilic but the uh yeah yeah, yeah. Friends is, well chandler's friends mom is and, yes it's horrifying big right, butt right. of the joke all the time and then even totally the episode we, even the episode we watched uh uh Rachel gets a the, yes, the, mustache the mustache and the beard yeah. drawn on her face, right. and every joke is about use you're, the men's bathroom uh, yeah. and you're and, a, you're a man. I mean, now. I can't even tell you how many jokes are on the show about like the two guys like not wanting to kiss or it's just, it's yeah. very like, but it's very of that time. Like, yes. and so that's what you forget, and that's that the point Emily made too. Completely, yeah. just basically like you know, call it call it what it is. Yeah, 
and you know, do your best to enjoy it if you can. Exactly. I guess. Well, we were also talking a little bit about how easy Friends is to watch, like how easy it goes oh, down. Yeah. And there's something very sort of. It's not even about the binge, although it is a little bit, but it's not. And I, I do wonder if because it feels generational, right? Like a whole new generation got into uh, Grey's Anatomy because yeah. of it being on Netflix. Yeah. A whole new generation gets into Friends. Yep. Yeah. Right. The Office. All these things. So. There is sort of an intangibility about these things. There's a little bit of nostalgia. There's a little bit of like it feels perhaps easier to watch these films. I don't know what it I is with these shows. I swear to God I know what it is. Okay. I, I say it on the podcast. I swear to God I know what it is. Yeah. These shows are not trying to be cool. Right. <laughs> and I think that that's like – I do. I think I think that's true. I think that's I th- totally I true. I think there is something alienating. Yeah. About all these shows that we love, because we obviously love a lot of shows that are trying to be cool that are cool. Yeah. Right? Like, I love Atlanta. I don't know if it's quote unquote trying to be cool, but it's obviously it's a cool, cool. show. Yeah. Yeah. Better Things is a cool show. Yeah. A lot of what FX does and a lot of what streaming does, they're all trying to be cool, yeah. and no one watches them outside of like cool people in LA yeah. and New York. Yeah. I think of like, like trying to. Trying to do what Friends did in a modern setting. I think yeah. of um, a show I really loved called Search Party. Oh, I know it's a good show. It's a good show. It's not love, love. It's coming back for another season. Sir, I, that I love. Yeah. I think Search Party is ama- is brilliant. amazing. So funny. It's for us, and it's, it's not for anybody else. Oh no, it's literally for seventeen people. It's, yes, it's for seventeen <laughs> people. And I think, yeah. but but, but I, and I think everybody, not everybody, but most people in Hollywood, myself included, are very concerned about making something that's not cool. Yes. Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that, like, if you, yeah, I think if you look at the older shows, particularly Friends and The Office, I don't think The Office was, was trying to be cool either. Yeah, I, but it was cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, so it was Friends. No, I because I understand what you're saying. Because I, I think there's a difference between trying to be cool, <clears throat> not trying to be cool, and then not caring and being cool. And I actually think The Office is the latter because I think The Office had loftier goals than Friends did in terms of from that. like a creation perspective, yeah. right? Like, I think the writers on The Office felt like they were doing work up here. And I think they would put them, if you would ask them mm-hmm. off, off air, do you think your show was cooler? Or do you think your show is cooler than friends? They'd be like, we are so much fucking cooler than friends. Right. If that's true, I don't know. But I think the office would knowing like the people who wrote on that, I think they thought they were doing something more in line with like in Atlanta yeah. than friends was doing. They were, and, and they, they were, and they are. And obviously the Al shoots are pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, like, Parks and Rec is a cool show. Totally. Um, but uh, I think what they had on The Office that – it's the gym character is really what I'm trying to get at. Mm. The one who – like the, the world is not cool. 95 percent of the characters yeah, yeah, yeah. aren't cool. Jim is kind of cool. Right. Right? And Jim does kind of like add that 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 level of you know you're in on the joke right. with us. Sure. Um, but I still think like we should be aiming for – Something like what Friends does, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to do it. I have no idea. Like I've been searching for my whole career. Yeah. I don't know how to do that thing and 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 actually get it past all the people in Hollywood, all the gatekeepers, yeah. who are so, who are just dying for something to talk about at cocktail parties. Yeah. You know what I think the answer to your question is? You need to get Robert Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> I or, 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 you know, uh, get me Jason yeah. Patrick or Jason Patrick. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on. Thank here. you for having Will me you, back. You'll come back with Anytime. Keely by yes, yourself, absolutely. whatever, Fantastic. whatever, whatever you want. Just don't make me watch this movie. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your handle on Twitter? again? Uh, Jared says, 
Uh, I am at says like Simon says or says like the English word says <laughs> like the English word says. <laughs> okay. If you could have seen Jared's face, <laughs> I don't know. If at, you know I don't at, know if you know what I'm saying. It's S E Z. It's fucking insane. I know. It feels right. I might do that myself. Kenny, you should. Kenny says on Twitter. Do it. I'm at PM on Instagram and Twitter. We are at podcast like 1999. Please rate, review, subscribe. Check out our letterboxed. Yeah, do that. Check out my SoundCloud. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.